Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Putties. We're going to do a uh, Track 7 Brewery Spotlight episode, take two. We did episode, we did, we tried to do a Brewery Spotlight of Track 7, but... You got a lot of hands. We uh, lost our train of thought halfway through the episode yeah. and rambled on for a minute, and we decided it was not our best work. Had some family stuff in the middle, too. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we left out a lot of segments at the end that we think really tie in uh, what you can expect when you go to track seven. So we decided to go buy more beer. Oh, no. And then... I mean, is it ever a bad time to go to track seven and drink some beer? No, never a bad time. So, unfortunately, this spotlight will be a little bit different because normally we'd go to the brewery, have a flight, and then pick the crawlers, and then come home and do the do the episode... Um, due to the coronavirus situation, we have not been able to um, do that mm-hmm. uh, because of social distancing and all of that, which is absolutely necessary, but it does uh, limit what we can do for our podcast. So, Well, I mean, did would you really need to do a flight of... Uh, not of track years? seven. No. That's the whole not point of us, us doing this is that you're back now from uh, your trip in the Midwest there, your adventure, educational adventure. And I know your favorite place to go for beer is Track 7, so I said, why don't we just do a spotlight, man? Yeah. Let's uh, crack so, the beer, and let's get into it. All right. We could talk about Track 7 for hours before we even open a beer. Yeah, I'm a little... I got a hankering. It's been a week. How you about you? want me to pour the crawler? I do. I'm going to open it, and okay. then I'll hand it to you. We'll do this together. Good. I just wash my hands. My hands are clean. Don't worry. Just remember... Good hygiene. Because you don't like to commit to your crawlers. Hey, 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 hey. I've gotten better. So tell us about the uh, the first one. I think you and I were kind of going back and forth between a couple. The first beer tonight is Beeline. It's Track 7's Blonde Ale. Uh, it is one of their staples. Um, you know, the board was, was fairly staple heavy this time around, which, depending on your mood, is either a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I've got, if we've been to Track 7 a lot, lots of times, and... There have been plenty of times when um, I've been, and it's been all staples, and I've been disappointed because I wanted something new. There's mm-hmm. been plenty of times where I've actually had like a rough week, and I went to track seven, and it was all staples, and I was just so thrilled. Like, give me a bunch of good yeah. beer that I know, and let's just have a good time. The, uh, a lot of places will do a couple, maybe one or two staples rotating. And then they'll do all experimental stuff. So I think it's it's kind of nice. Or even Claimstake does pretty much all new batch all the time. They don't also have a single staple. New Glory does that for the most part too. Excuse me. Also, but um, I was saying with Track Seven though, I appreciate that they have staples, but they're they're good staples. You know. Yeah. Like one of their staples that we won't be trying tonight is Panic, but that's like known as like Sacramento's IPA. It's like our yeah NorCal IPA. You know. Yeah. This beer is my favorite summertime beer, by the way. No, oh, agree. This is good. Um, Actually, no, I have to disagree. My this is number two. My would be um, juice watermelon. No, nope, juice blackberry is good, but watermelon dorado, man. Watermelon dorado is my second favorite summer beer. You know what? This is okay. This is this is what happens most of the time for us guys. We just <laughs> we're really close on a green, but we just can't get to that little. Uh, little watermelon dorado is good. There's something uh, about like. I could kill a 12-pack of this in a couple hours and mm-hmm. have a grand old time. 
If yeah. you, I don't know that I could kill a six pack of watermelon Dorado. Well, no, it's, it's, and have a grand old time. If you kill the six pack of that, that's the same as killing a twelve pack of this. You know, it's, that stuff's like ten percent. Oh, oh man, well, I can't wait anymore. Sorry, it's a honey blonde. Right, so, what are you smelling, Jordan? What are you saying about honey and uh, definitely a multi multi aroma? Little, little Cheerios. Yeah, definitely a grain forward aroma. Okay, this is really good, but I want to point something out to you, or actually let me run it past you, more more like, so we've had this beer a lot of times, Okay. And depending on how I feel, Okay. the way that this beer is poured, <clears throat> okay. sometimes I'm feeling like a heavier pour, so it's less carbonated when you drink it, it goes down smoother, but it's, you know, it's it's not as You not want as a less light. carbonated pour. No, you want not less a heavy foam. pour with more foam so there's less carbonation in the beer. So when I drink the beer, there's less carbonation in the actual liquid. Always. Yeah. I'm saying sometimes, with this one, sometimes, what I like to do, this is also like kind of how Coors Light is for most people, is do a really light pour so that it still has some of that bite. There's a little bit of fizz left, some of the carbonation in the in the beverage. So it's not as crushable. You drink it slower. But like on a hot day, sometimes I like that little bit of carbonation. I mean... I know what you mean with the carbonation. <clears throat> I think, for me, my default on everything is to break up that carbonation as much as possible to maximize the aromatics and the flavor of the beer. Mm-hmm. It's just my default setting. I think there's, I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule. Mm. Um, but, like, I don't know, that's interesting. We should try yeah. it over the summer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it says about me that I... Admit willingly to drinking <laughs> out of a can, it, pouring it poorly, and but that's kind of what you're doing when you drink beer out of a can, versus pouring it in a cup, right? Drinking out of a can, just straight up, you're not getting that, like you say, in the aromatics nearly at all, but you're also not mixing the beer up, you're not oxygenating it. I think if you're you gonna could. drink domestics out of the can or the bottle, yeah, whatever. Mm. But like, if you're gonna buy Beeline and just drink it out of the can, you might as well just get Coors Light because it's gonna taste ninety percent the same anyways. That's true, and that's kind of what I was saying. Like, if we're talking about a hot day, man, sometimes just grabbing a beer out of the fridge, just drinking it in the can, just boom, right there. Like, after you mow the lawn or if you're just barbecuing, just hang out. That's good. See, this is my favorite crushable summer beer, I guess. I'll okay, say. okay. Because this is very crushable. Watermelon Dorado is probably my favorite if we're having one and it's a hot day. Mm. Yeah, this one... Definitely for Beeline, you need a good pour. You don't need a good pour, but like if you I think really... summertime, if we like barbecued some like pork tenderloin and did some like street tacos mm. and then ha- like drank with watermelon dorado, like I was gonna say or Beeline, either one. Like, <laughs> Beeline just true. never a bad choice. That's kind of why it's there all year round now, even though it is a good summer beer. But with a solid pour on Beeline, it's really hard to beat. As far as blondes go, it's probably okay. So maybe I. Agree on the favorite summer beer, but I think this is my favorite blonde. We had that honeycomb one. Oh, that's right. That one was pretty good too. That was that was incredible, but and we only had it in summertime when it was unbelievably hot in July, and it was yeah. it was like a little bit. It was for our listeners. Neither one of us can remember what that beer was, who made it, and what like it was. It's from SoCal. We know that. It's a but... SoCal brewery, right? That made this, it was like a, a blonde ale where they like used honeycomb 
in the like it was like when you when you open this beer and put it on the <clears throat> table you smell honey like it's honey like it was oh boy hot hot July evenings oh man we could like woo we could just tip back a whole four pack no problem each mm-hmm. like it was so good uh that's <clears throat> but. My argument would be, well, if we can't remember the name of it, was it the best blonde we've ever had? And that was also before we really started paying attention. We had just started to notice these cool different pint cans that were in the stores. Yeah. It was a few months into our I think going, journey. I mean, it's our favorite blonde. I think if you open it up to all, like, lighter multi styles, I think, <clears throat> like, I think this is, like, sort of the ale version of, like, Folsom Damn Good Pilsner to me. Oh yeah, that one. You know, it's, you get a little bit of honey in that one just di- for the malt. Different, different ideas. But, I'm aware yeah. that I'm jumping beer families, and the brewing processes are completely different. <clears throat> I'm fully aware. Well, I actually just had some of that. Uh, it does taste similar. It just doesn't have honey in it, but it tastes very similar. This one, you can tell this is an ale. Uh, you can tell that Fort Rock damn good pilsner is a pilsner, but they're very similar tasting notes. So like you hit that one out of the park actually. <clears throat> Even though it's crossing families, they're very similar. Damn good Pilsner might be slightly more refreshing on a hot day. Maybe. But we'll have to check it out. Maybe we have to do a summer edition where we do Beeline, Damn Good Pilsner, maybe like a, a Mexican lager from somewhere. We'll do you know. Most Crushable yeah. in Sacramento. So not not like a crazy IPA, not like a you know sour. Most Crushable. Most Crushable Blonde or Pilsner. Like just, just summertime. We can light. even do a series. Yeah, we we'll do most crushable sours, most crushable mm-hmm. light beers. This counts as a light beer. It's Blondeo. Summer, summer, summer podcast idea. Yeah. We'll rank right. the cans. We'll do the hindsight. Yeah. And we'll do the Tell middle. us in the comments, guys, if you want to hear it. Shoot us a message. But yeah, I think uh, the Track Seven experience, and I've I've been on the record lots of times by saying this, and we'll talk about this more in the podcast. I think as we go through these other beers, the Track Seven experience to me. Like, I think Track 7 is the perfect brewery to take someone to if they've never been to a brewery um, because Track 7 is named after a train track, right? Like, mm-hmm. Sacramento is known for trains, so there's, like, a tie oh, yeah. to the city. Mm-hmm. And then um, each location, there's three locations, has its own little vibe. They're all cool. So, like, mm-hmm. depending on, like, how well you know the person, like, you can take them to the, um, the Professor Lane location. <clears throat> oh, the big one? The big one, right? Thomas, yeah. The, or you can take them to a smaller location, or you can take them to the other side if you want to so, grab food. You know, like there's so many. That is, that's a good way to play it. Like, um, it depends on what, it, like, what they like. So if you wanted to take them for that small craft brewer experience, you take them to West Pacific or off of, you know, like mm-hmm. the the South Sacramento location. The one we just went to, if you want some food, it's a good. Looks like they do pairings with some of their food, which one of them got you really excited. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. <clears throat> and then the big location, you and I actually went there for this. It was they had the Tracktoberfest there, and that's a really great place for big, uh, like holiday parties and things that they throw. That was really fun. Yeah. So it just um, depends on what you're looking for. Anytime I've been to that Natomas location, on like a weekend for like a can release, um, I think that's the more family oriented spot because mm-hmm. like there's like lawn games for kids you know like place for your dogs <clears> to <throat> hang out in the grass yeah it's yeah. it seems like people are just like i'm gonna sit here and drink a beer my kids are gonna play like this little beanbag game mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna have a great time and i'm gonna just like 
Like, I see a lot of single moms at Track 7, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah, homegirl chilling with a beard, just, like, letting her, her kids play, and it's just... That's exactly... That's, it's, having it, like, I, unplugging <laughs> and letting everyone do their thing. They have they have nailed it. They have figured out the three locations, three different locations. Three different vibes. vibes. Yep, for everyone. So, um, if you can't figure out what you want between those three locations, then you just, just go to Yard House or something, you know? You're not really looking for that brewer experience. I think so. so. And then even just so, even if you don't care about that, because Chris and I went through phases where we didn't necessarily care about the vibe. And in a sense, I'd say Chris and I don't necessarily care about the vibe. Um, we mostly care about the beer. And then we do let the vibe sort of be a determining factor depending on what we think brings in the most people. But beer does win out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just wanted to talk about the beer, you know, they have two types of staple beers. They have beers that are pretty much always on Mm. and then beers that they rotate through. Yeah. Like a seasonal staple. Seasonal staples. So like, um, like Beeline is. Yeah. So, so they do the, the staple seasonal staple and they'll do experimental. So this is part of why we started with Beeline. We're, this is between Beeline and I think Panic. For our main staple that we want to talk about tonight, we went with Beeline. It's just delicious. Um, we also got a rotational, and then we also got an experimental for tonight. Like, right? And so. then the show while we're on multi styles, Track Seven has a staple amber ale. Name yeah. another brewery that has a staple amber ale that comes out multiple times one. a year. See, that's a tough one. Yeah. The, the closest thing I could think of would be Fort Rocktoberfest because. Well, is that or that's sorry, an that's annual? A, that's, a, that's an annual. That's a well, they, but they have it most of the year, don't they? At least at not one anymore. Point they, they used to have it when like first six or seven it, months out of the year. And then I fell in love with them, and then they didn't make it for a while. Like they they made it for Oktoberfest, and that was it. And then it kind of broke my heart. But I still go back. You know what's funny mm-hmm. is it's because they got that new head brewer who used to be the assistant brewer of Track Seven. <sighs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not the recipe. Like, mm-hmm. things have changed a lot since they took over. Some things for the better. Yeah. Some things are tough for us to... Hazy Hop Goblin, that was hard. Some of us... Yeah, we've had some changes <laughs> that we're not we're not as privy to because mm-hmm. we did appreciate the way Fort Rock was. Looking oh. forward to the way they will be, but, you know... They're still good. I like how still, experimental yeah. they are now. They're putting out sours and putting out... I think they had something barrel-aged. They had... Oh, dope. I didn't they had that. A, a Belgian Strong Ale. They put out... Uh, they have a triple IPA out right now for their anniversary. Uh, that's, you know, Rainbow Ponies. I tried to get my dad to drink that. He wouldn't touch it. It's <laughs> this funny. is because he's got a pony on it. Yeah, Rainbows and Ponies. He's he's afraid of it. But that's a really good triple West Coast. You don't see those very often either. You know, like they're putting some good stuff out. <clears throat> yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really good way to get beer drinkers oh into the scene. You know, like, hey, here's like... Here's a like an easygoing blonde ale, cause you know like craft beer, it just it tastes differently. Mm-hmm. And whether or not people like like Beeline wrecks 805 all oh, day, yeah. Yeah. and Firestone Walker is no slouch of a brewery. Mm-hmm. And so to like take someone who just drinks 805, be like all right, try this. Like, well, it doesn't taste any different to me. It's like okay, yeah, I know your palate mm-hmm. can't discern the difference yet, but. If you start someone off with, like, it's really clear where the differences are. Like, if you give someone a Lagunitas and you give someone a Panic, like, like, like night and day quality mm-hmm. of beer. So, like, 
to like just start someone off on a flight and to just give them like, all right, this is a staple. This is something you can get in the stores all the time. This mm-hmm. is one of their experimental oh, batches. You that's, know, like that's another thing that I like. So we get we had our rotational staple. I don't know if we want to bring it up until we actually get to it, but it is available in stores. So they started doing local distribution. You can get Beeline, you can get Hoppy Palm, you can get Panic, you can get Daylight, you can get well, you used to be able to get Knockin' Futs. But you can get all their staples in stores too. Not you don't even at the brewery. They're they're distributing to the community, and it's it's that's cool. That's part of what you can have your comes from. delivered to you too. From yep, them. they do statewide delivery, but that's another advantage of having staples that you make all the time. You know, you can just crank out a bunch of it and distribute. So you're not changing up. Well, I know how big. I don't. You have to look at their production facility, but the Thomas one looks pretty big. I wouldn't be surprised if they just have a chain going just for Panic. Just one setup for Panic, just crank it 24-7. You know? There's a lot of places that are too small to have to change out. Uh, for each recipe, they have to clean everything out and then go for the next uh, recipe transition over, make the beer, yeah, put it, you know, transition again. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise <clears throat> me if they did, you know. Um... That's just an advantage uh, if you're a big enough facility. Like they, they probably definitely have it big enough in Thomas. But at one point, Rubicon told was telling when I did my tour of Rubicon before they went out of business, they told me that if all they did for the next two years was brew monkey knife fight, they still couldn't complete all of their orders for monkey knife fight. Wow. Yeah. Well, Tower's doing their best to keep up. Um, I am thrilled the monkey knife fight is back. Yes, while we're on and it now. is the recipe. It is monkey knife fight, the real one. It's good. Yes, it's good. Um, could be more thrilled. Better than Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I don't care who who wants to fight mm. me on this. Well, well, yeah, we'll duke it out verbally. Yeah, it's not cool. on this mm. episode. No, but that's a future episode then. That's ooh side by sides. Side by sides. We could have a, a Pale Ale shootout. Oh, that might be fun. <clears throat> We can bring in, like, uh, I wonder if we can get, like, Miles or if we can get someone else who's a third party in this one, too. Because you and I, if it comes down to you and I, a lot of times if we don't agree, it's just a 50-50. It's a draw. So we'll need a third person. We should do a blind tasting. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm so down. I'm so – well, you and I, I mean, we'll know what it is. So the third person – No, we'll get we'll get an impartial person. We'll, uh, get, we'll get, like, my sister to come over and just pour the beer. Okay, and you just grab a pint and just taste it. And we'll put... You have numbers we'll, on the glass or something. You can do, like, whiteboard marker, write a number on the glass. That's how you'll know. Yeah. She'll have the, the sheet, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think we need a third person so we can have a two-to-one. That's fine. Miles can be here, too. Yeah. Love if, you, Miles. Um, Miles, or if we... Maybe Logan. Logan Screw you, Logan. His, um, his daughter. Doesn't even listen to the podcast. Screw Logan. He doesn't get to be involved. Uh, or, like, there's a couple people that I've met recently that might be decent candidates. Oh, man. Uh, I I know a guy. I'll have to talk to him. This this guy is hilarious. Um, uh, he had, he's he's the kind of guy you probably like him. He has soundscapes. The way he he experiences the world, he's able to make all kinds of noises and he does. All, <laughs> he's very animated. He's hilarious. Um, he, Miles is my first uh, choice. Yes. Um. But yeah, we'll have to do that. Well, Miles. Uh, Anyways, before yeah. we get too far off, because last down. episode tanked because we got way far off topic. Yeah. I don't want us to do that. Um, well, Beeline's almost done. So Beeline's we, almost done. Uh, this is, I love Beeline. Uh, if this is, to be honest, when people don't know craft beer, this is the first beer I give them. Hmm. Okay. Every time. Uh, and this is 
every single person like shoot this is really good yeah yeah you should try it like if they like this like i think um if any of our beer listeners out there want to know how to get people involved in beer i think if you're in the if you're on the west coast getting one of those track seven like variety packs and like handing someone a beeline and they're like shoot this is good and then hand them a hoppy palm Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like shoot this is good Mm mm-hmm Hand the panic, you know, like yep. work them up to like, mm-hmm. okay, let's see how we do. Yep. Oh, panic is just, that's just such a staple. All right. I got to ask though. Are you thinking this? Because this is what I'm thinking. Should we have done just three crawlers of beeline <laughs> for this episode? We just talked about the other beer because this is so good. It's pretty good. It's hitting the spot right now, man. Uh, beeline's never a bad idea. Oh. Uh. It's never a bad idea. Well, maybe this summer we'll have to get a keg and do a barbecue, like a like a six keg, and we'll just do a beeline barbecue day. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, just hang out by the pool, eat burgers and dogs, and just yeah. eat food and drink beer all day. Oh, yeah, man, this beer's so good. Unbelievably good. Like I just, and it's funny because it's it's like one of the most accessible. You keep saying it, uh, craft beers out there. Everyone would like this if you like beer. I mean, it tastes yeah. like beer, so if you don't like beer... I think but... the only people who aren't going to like this beer are the people we hate. Okay, so you and I say we're beer snobs. Mm-hmm. And we definitely are. I don't like the type of beer snobs that only drink one kind of beer. So like, oh, I only drink stouts. Yeah, screw you. I'm just picky. You're it's like, not really snob. It's just like right. You're just you're just kind close, of a beer douche. Yeah, like, close-minded. I only drink hazies. Like uh, why? <laughs> yeah. Why do you only drink hazies? Like what are you talking about. Do you not get sick of that? Because it's like to me, it's like listening to music. Like I go on rock kicks. I go on rap mm. kicks. I go on country kicks. Well, like, those are the same. Probably the same people that will see something new that they haven't tried before from a place that like oh I had another beer from them that was good. I'll just drink this one. And you look at the can art, it's kind of like judging a book by its cover, where you and I like to look at the ingredients and be like, oh, this one has this stuff in it, we think we're going to like this. Whereas other people, I, I think on one of the episodes they call them sheeple. Uh, multiple beer. episodes yes. you call that's a... Okay, well add this one to the list. Uh, the kind of people that just, oh, I just drink dark beers, or I just drink hazies, and you just grab one, and you don't care what it is or who made it, you just think the can looks cool and you drink it, like, this is good. But you have no real metric... Or a way of figuring out how good it is. It's just kind of a binary. You like it or you don't. And I think you and I have a little bit more depth. Well, that's why we say we're snobs. You we and I, more of a, yeah. And I think if we're going to be transparent, like for our listeners, this is going to sound ridiculous. But Chris and I will have talks sometimes about sort of like what the next step in our beer journey is. Because for us, I think beer has been like a... A liquid exploration, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, of yeah. just, like, understanding how something's made and being able to grapple with what it can provide in a weird way. Yeah. And so, like... It opens I, up, like, we do our, our trips where we drink beer from different regions, and it's an expression of that region, or, like, those people and how their, their culture is a little bit. Sure. Like, it's really cool. And I think that even, like, I distinctly remember driving to New Glory with you and saying, hey, man... Like, the next step in our beer journey, we got to get into sours. Mm. 
And then, like, oh, that's when we were talking so much crap. We talked about, crap about hazies. We talked crap about sours. We talked crap about sours. And, and then, then, even like after our second Sierra Nevada tour, I was like, and when we went to the hop room, I was like, that's the next step on our game. It's mm-hmm. like, we need to be able to taste hops. And now people think it's crazy when we sniff this. I'm like, Aaron will be like, tell me there isn't Simcoe in this. Oh, we got and, an argument. And the beer tender yeah. will be like, how do you know mm-hmm. that there's Simcoe in that? Like, can you not smell that? They're like, well, yeah, I can, but only because the head brewer taught me how to do that. Like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. we taught ourselves, but... Well, that's... Uh, we had... I think the experience you're talking about is when we had... We gone, went on a tour. So I'm going to try to use proper English. We done gone on that tour, and uh, we tried Tropical Torpedo when they first made it. Mm-hmm. And I think that blew both of our minds. As we, we were drinking this beer, and there was no food so in it. So, it blew my mind the first time. The second time we went on the tour... Um, and I wasn't so blown away was when I could take a step back. And the second time on the way home was when I was like, mm. hey, that's, you're right. It took me, because those tours were six months apart. Mm-hmm. So it took me about six months to like come down off of that, holy crap, this is a fruity beer with no mm-hmm. fruit in it because of the hops. Mind and... blowing. Wait a sec. Like, it's unbelievable to me. Which, as much as Sierra Nevada is a commercial brewery and craft craft beer snobs hate on Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada has been the source of some <laughs> pretty awesome beer moments for us. Both of which, uh, I think, uh, the two most significant involve torpedo. Funny enough, some type of torpedo, yeah. <laughs> for our listeners, the oh, number one man. beer nerd moment we've had was uh, we got to try. We went on a. Basically a private tour because a no one else showed up. A private tour because no one else showed up because it was a paid tour for Santa Nevada and the other ones are free. But oh, man, because was it was cool. a private tour, this isn't one of our beer nerd moments. They took us into the cryo freezer where they cryo freeze mm. the hops and they had all the yeast strains from all these other beers. So there was like a was 1989 cool. Bigfoot yeast strain in the cryo freezer that they might use yeah. as someone, like at some point. Like that's super dope. Um, definitely in like towards the top of my beer nerd mm-hmm. moment. But on this tour... They took Ooh. us through the packaging plant, and then they went took us into the refinery area. Can I jump in? And, and <clears throat> one of the things that we had done specifically before this was Jordan busted out his Mr. Beer kit, and we made it. Well, he made. I watched him make a batch of beer, and so we used tap water and some other some other stuff. Use, no, I used. Use good water. I used good water. Use good water. Okay. Well, was it? It was like. Um, what was it? It was not deionized. It was. Distilled, mm-hmm. and we wanted to know. One of the questions we had, the reason why we did this tour, is how much of an impact does the water have on making the beer? And that turned out to be really, really rad answer. That chick like explained to us. I, f- I wish I knew her name because he gave her like mad props. But th- they actually ship in water from Germany. They purify the water to absolutely water and then add salt back in to match these water samples from Germany so that the beer comes out the same way as these old recipes would have come out. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then... And, and then so, in this, yeah. the part of the tour that's our number one beer moment, beer nerd moment, was uh, once the beer gets filtered, it's sitting in the tank and you can tap into it and taste it. And so she, you know, does her adds her little device, taps it, and gives us both samples of it, and we try it, and it was eight minutes 
after torpedo had finished filtration, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the freshest you can ever try that beer. Yeah. So that's, you know, like... So it was ready to go in bottles, but it had only been ready for eight minutes, and it was like, just... Like, we had... Unbelievably fresh. Like, like I, was, we didn't even recognize but, it. It was so good. No, like, you realize when we started that tour, it was being filtered. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, and then when we... Towards the end of the tour, we we stopped into the room at the very end where they show you where they have the big fermentation tanks and well, You know, it's funny. And, probably while we were in the cryo-freezer, finished uh, fermentation. Yeah. That's cool. I never nuts, thought about man. it like that. That's, that's dope. And then the other one is the first time we tried Tropical Torpedo and they explained the hop thing to us and that... Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. yeah, so I think that's a long-winded way of saying, unless you're like a hardcore <laughs> beer snob, I think uh, Beeline's just dope, man. Like, Who, if you don't like Beeline, I mean... You probably don't like beer. That's what I'm saying. So if you like beer, you'll like it. There's, there's a 100% chance you'll like this beer. It's it's just... It's just so good. I mean, today it's it's windy and it's not as warm. It's The sun was out, but it's kind of chilly and it's still good. It's still good. So, the hotter it gets, the better it gets. Yeah. Oh, all right. You ready for round two? Round two. The goes? Goza. Goza. Is it Goza? Goza style? I'll have to read the can. I can't remember exactly. So it says it's a sour. So it said Goza style sour. Okay. So that's I don't. I mean, pick one. You know what I mean? Is it a sour or is it Goza? Is it? I guess we have an education gap. Something we gotta learn about Gozas then or Gozas, Gisas, Geese. Is that his, so Goza? Is it Geese? I don't know. What's the plural? Gozai. All right, hand me your cup, sir. Uh, oh, I think you're going to like this one. It's a little live. It's a little live. Fizzy. It's a little fizzy. Let me top you off. Can you smell it yet? Yeah, from here. That watermelon, man. Oh. All right, so Chris, tell us about this one. Okay, so I was just uh, speculating on uh, the style here. Google's not helpful. It goes as a type of sour. It's a sour. Uh, It goes as style sour. It goes as an ale. Yeah, so it's all sours or ales. Um, Well, yeah, I'm just... Well, so it's got salt in it. I think that's where the ghost of style comes from. Just because this one says sour beer, traditional sour beer, include Belgian Lambic, Flanders. I think, let's see. So um, the name of the beer is Melon I'm Yours, and it is a watermelon and sea salt goza style kettle sour from track seven. And it does very much smell like watermelon. I mean, you're How like salty. Is it? It's not. So I've had this. What this is said. my cheater moment. It's not super salty. It's a salt that's added just enough 
to cut the sourness. Are we still talking about the beer? Yes. I, what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, now. All right. Put it in your mouth. Grab it. Ooh. Are we still talking about the beer? <laughs> I guess you'll have to find out. Oh. Cheers. Cheers. If drink works bad luck. Oh, smell this one. Ooh. That's what he said. Um. Mmm. So how salty is it? It's a little salty. But it cuts that sour down. It makes it a little bit more crushable. So the salt, and this one's kind of weird. Like, you get the watermelon right up front. It's like, bam. It's a little, little bit more of a sour watermelon, but the salt's lingering. It's there. And then the watermelon goes away, and you kind of finish with that malty salt flavor. It's a pretty nice balance. Yeah. The, the salt, this is kind of crazy. The salt is always there. Right? Changed my mind. Right? Uh-oh. Uh, uh, okay. Watermelon blonde. Mmm. It's a little tart for blonde. Okay, they make a tart blonde. Watermelon tart blonde. Should rewind. Yeah. <clears throat> Ready? Okay. Hmm. Watermelon lager. Uh, I don't think so. You don't really taste the yeast in this. No. The watermelon and the salt covered up. It's so, ambiguous. Yeah. It's really I mean, safe rate, right? If you really dig for it, I think, I mean, and maybe that's just because we know it goes as an ale, and I'm just like, this is an ale. Mm -hmm. But, like, you could probably convince someone this is a watermelon lager. It's really light. All right, Chris, your mission, should you choose to accept it, mm. is to buy another crowler of this and give it to your dad and tell him it's a watermelon lager and see what he says. Oh, he didn't like it. No. <laughs> but you didn't present it the way I... Ah, uh, I see. Okay, so now we're, we're going undercover. We just want to see if he thinks it's a watermelon lager. Mm. Did I tell you what he said to me the other day? No. Or actually, this this is going to come up. This story is, is best told while drinking the next beer, which is a type of beer that I've got my father okay. to drink a lot I'll bring of. It up. So, I'll bring it up when we pull out the last beer. This He's on is... those kicks. Damn it! I hate that I've been doing most of she said jokes to this. It is much salt, or is much less salty than I had thought it would be. Hmm. Um, I do wish, and you and I do this a lot with watermelon beers. I want more watermelon. Yeah, this is something that I think we should get a hold of a brewer and ask, like, why? Why are we always wanting more watermelon? Is it just really hard to get watermelon flavor? I think stuff? yes. So knowing, because it's really hard to get a lot of the fruit flavors in things. Like watermelon is one of the higher volume fruits to use, right? I think you did some research on this yes. last so year. So in the yeah. homebrew world, making watermelon beer is a very, very controversial topic. Oh, good. There's more. Mm -hmm. I actually like this. I was really worried about being able to drink a whole oh, pint of this, but worry. I think it's uh, going to be fine. There is a little more. Um, <laughs> so reason being that when you um, are adding fruits to the beer, you're adding the fruit after the beer has already been brewed. And you're letting it ferment in the beer. Makes sense. So you've added the yeast, you pitched the yeast, sitting in the for breweries fermentation tank. Um, for home brewers, it's the carboy, which is a big jug sitting in the jug. A car man. Um, car girl. Um, <laughs> get it right. Uh, <clears throat> so 
You'd if you wanted to do like if you wanted to do like an apricot IPA. You know, you'd brew your IPA, oh, you cut up a good. bunch of apricots, and then you let them sit in the the carboy. <clears throat> or sorry, the beer would brew, and then halfway through the brewing process, while it was for, I'm sorry, the fermentation process, you'd use hoses to drain it to a second carboy that had the fruit in it, so then the beer could continue aging and soak up the flavors of the fruit, mm. and then you could bottle it. <clears throat> now, the problem with watermelon is the first word in watermelon is water. Mm. So to get a lot of the watermelon character is tricky because it's so much water. So you need so many watermelons for, like, especially those large batches of beer. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that you either have to, if you want to use natural watermelon flavors, it's really, really difficult and nearly impossible to get the watermelon flavor you and I are asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, without, but the extra water is going to dilute the balance of the beer. Yeah. And so there's no mm-hmm. way to naturally achieve the flavor you and I are. That's why, when I like we've talked about this off the air, I think, Watermelon Dorado at Ballast Point is actually a super controversial double IPA because um, it uses like watermelon Jolly Ranchers or like a synthetic watermelon flavor. Like they just really? melt them down. They don't use natural watermelon. Wow. They use like they like melt down like watermelon, or they use like watermelon drops or something hmm. in the beer, which is why that watermelon flavor is so prominent. Ah, yes, concentrated watermelon. Yeah, it's uh, so people don't like. Oh, we well, use additive sugar. Blah blah blah. Okay, I mean I don't care. It tastes good. So yeah, um, that's why. So I think you and I have. Unrealistic expectations when it comes to watermelon <laughs> beer, but this not. I mean, we want more watermelon, but this has a decent amount of watermelon in it. You know, like it's good. This and then the, the watermelon. Oh yeah, was it? Was the watermelon? Oh yeah, more watermelon than this. Yes. It was okay. This one, they probably tried to do something different. I wouldn't expect them to try and recreate that. Oh yeah, series because that was watermelon Kool Aid, right? So. <clears throat> but this is so watermelon good. Dorado to me is the best watermelon beer we've ever had. Mm-hmm. You correct me when I'm wrong. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's the second best watermelon beer we've ever had. Yep. Now we've <laughs> also had. <laughs> Let's see if I know where you're going with this. Cause... We've also had the 21st Amendment watermelon wheat. Okay, and we've that's had... not where I thought you were going. Okay, and we've had. I'm not bringing in the the honeydew. That's not nope. I'm not bringing S3 cucumber into this either. That's what I thought you were gonna. I was nope. gonna say that's probably my third favorite watermelon beer I've ever had. If you're talking about specifically the watermelon. Okay, if, well it's not water. It's, it's cucumber. Not, it's cucumber. <laughs> but it tasted like watermelon. <laughs> if we're talking about that one, that's my favorite watermelon beer I've ever had. By the way, that's more that, than hey. what a watermelon Dorado, I would give anything to have the S3 cucumber sour right now. And um, I, I actually would have to agree with that. That's really good. Um, best sour I've ever had in my entire life from my favorite brewery. Not close. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how good they are. This brewery is so good. They made a cucumber sour. That's the best watermelon beer <laughs> we've ever had. Just you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit odd. Anyways, build as a watermelon beer. Um, we've had four. The two I mentioned plus the twenty first oh. amendment watermelon wheat and the lost coast watermelon wheat. What am I forgetting? And now this one being the fifth. Uh, twenty first amendment had a funky watermelon. 
a kind of a sour version. Oh, yeah. We tried that one time. Six. Yeah, that was kind of before we were in sours. So I accidentally ordered it because I wasn't paying attention. So rank the watermelon beers. Let's see how Track Seven sort of stands up. So watermelon Dorado is number one in this context. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, well, number two. That's also Track Seven. I'd put this at number three. I think I'd have, rather have this than I'd rather have watermelon wheat. Same, yeah. but yeah. it is close. Yeah, it's not far. I guess it depends. This is a little bit more bite to it. So, because it's sour. I think but, the salt actually does this some good. I think yeah, the watermelon salt thing off. is like pretty. Well, not only not just that. I think I don't know that without the salt, I would like it. Certainly would be drinkable. But there's something about the salt that does just enough of. Ooh, I need another sip. Like you feel thirsty still. Mm. When yeah. you're done with this beer. They're playing games. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a tease. It's a little bit of a tease beer. You gotta chase this beer a little bit, and uh, I respect that's fine. that. I can chase it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're like, it's cute. That's fine. We can play this game. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. So there was some like Twenty First Amendment is a heavy hitting brewery. Ballast Point's a heavy hitting brewery. Oh, yeah. Lost Coast is a heavy hitting brewery, and there's six watermelon beers. And Track Seven's number two and number three. Yep. For a flavor profile that we are very very picky about. Mm-hmm. And even like playing devil's advocate, um, like let's say we did add the S3 cucumber sour, and that's number one, right, from kilowatt, like we briefly mentioned. So now, Chalk Seven's only number three and number four. I would also add, you know, the honeydew kettle sour had a had a very much a watermelon oh, characteristic. Put that and, at like number five. At least, yeah. I would probably put I would put it above this. You Actually, would? well, we've mm. we've put it above both the those sours. That's our favorite track seven sour. So it would have to be at least mm. number three. So regardless uh, of where you want to really put it, good. regardless, right? Yeah, it's still three, four, and five for track seven. You know, like it's still track seven, still doing pretty dang good. Yep. Um, and this is you know. This is one of their specialty releases, and Track Seven has been killing it with the specialty releases that you know they had. Oh yeah, uh, Chasing Rainbows, which we may or probably won't they've, get into, but we did have we do have a crowler in the fridge. Well, this is the second or third time they've done it, and this time they aged it in coconut rum barrels, and it just did something magical to that beer. It is so delicious, probably one of my favorite sours. It's gonna go in my top five of all time. Well, Track Seven good. is the only brewery. That we know of that has three, at least three. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Chasing Rainbows. Mm-hmm. Gummy Bear. Uh, and the Betty... The Betty Cobbler Series. Betty Cobbler Series. They have four. Four Sour Series. All of which sell out pretty quick. And those are the series. Like, this watermelon isn't part of a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Honeydew wasn't part, part of the series. Part of the series, series. You're right. So, they, they just... They make sours, man. They they can make a sour. If Track Seven comes out with a sour, it's probably amazing. It's really yeah. So and even like a like a heavy duty Track Seven sour is fairly accessible for the moderate beer drinker. Mm-hmm. You know, like if yeah. someone is like kind of into sours, like you you're probably gonna love every single sour that Track Seven puts out. But even if you're like a hardcore sour connoisseur, like I think you and like we went, you and I went to Cascade Heavy Duty Brewing Brewery for the uh, the sour scene, you know, only barrel oh, yeah. sours, and like we we threw down a those uh, are monster sours, they're, man. They're 
Dope. But we could taste the complexity in those. So, oh, yeah. Um, like, we might not be, the like, we're definitely not, you know, the biggest sour drinkers in the game. But we could we can handle our own palates are definitely mm-hmm. accustomed to those bold flavors. And these track seven sours are just, they're just nice. Like they're not, oh, yeah. they don't rock your world mostly, but they just track seven does a lot of creative things, a lot of creatively nuanced things like watermelon and salt, you know, like just yeah. enough to keep you on the hook. The honeydew. Well, you wouldn't think to make a honeydew sour. I don't know. Maybe you would. Honeydew is not one of the fruits I think about on a regular basis, but they killed that one. That was great. The um, the Betty Cobbler Pineapple Upside Down Cake Sour was, Pretty I thought, fantastic. phenomenal. Pretty yeah. fantastic. We read the description. I don't like can. it as much as Chasing Rainbows. That's just Chasing I mean, Rainbows. When you talk so about a good. sour, what is a sour? It's fruity. It's tart. A little bit of complexity. Chasing Rainbows just hits it up. Anyways, it's exactly. Finish a your sour. time about Betty Cobbler. Oh, that's one of the things I appreciate about Track Seven. Sours are hard to make. Uh, you know, they they don't they don't flex a lot. Like Track Seven, they they have been like in the last couple of months have dropped some really crazy off the wall, different direction type of beers. I feel like they're on a mission to kind of remind people in the last couple of months. Like yeah. they've been stagnant for a minute. Like like mm-hmm. comparatively, and in the last two months, every week I feel like I'm like, holy shit, you guys yeah. are dropping some good stuff. Right, Saison. They had a triple hazy. It was really good. They have uh, a Pilsner they just dropped, Sack Finest. They have the Betty Cobbler, which is pineapple upside down cake sour. They got Chasing Rainbows Coconut Rum Barrel Age Sour. Uh, this one, Watermelon Wheat. They have um, what else? We had we've gotten so many. Um, it's not Rum Barrel Age Sour. It's yeah, it's Coconut Rum Barrels. Yeah, it wasn't aged in a barrel though. It's still a kettle sour. The, the oak yeah. that they used yes. was. Yes, it's just enough flavor. Yeah, just to give our uh, just for the sake of transparency, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a barrel aged sour. It's a kettle sour mm. with rum oak in it. Yeah, so they came out with an India Pale Lager. They had an Imperial Red Ale. They came out with another stout uh, that was really good. Most of this was like, in the last episode that we decided to scrap. Just, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, the, when you look at it, they had they had like two weeks or three weeks in a row where they they released a triple hazy, an India Pale Lager. An imperial red, like you know the the what the oak aged, uh, you know chasing rainbows. That that's like, those are so different. They're just everyone's a completely different direction, and yeah. they did them like kind of all simultaneously because it, it takes a couple weeks to make beer. So they just were just kind of almost like throwing darts at a board and like all right we're making this one we're making this one we're making this well, one. Well these sours take between you know four to six months even for a kettle sour. Oh you wow! Know? So yeah. Like, okay. So they've been playing on the sours at least for a while. But that's what I was going to say. So they're, they've been doing all this stuff. They're kind of flexing, right? They're like, we can make all the beers. We can make any kind of beer we want. And they made a sour that was a kettle sour, uh, the Betty Cobbler. And on the on the can, it says you have pineapple, uh, cinnamon, vanilla, and maraschino cherries. Those are four of the tasting notes that I can remember off the top of my head. I can't remember them all. But when you drink it, you taste pineapple, you taste maraschino cherry, vanilla, and cinnamon. You taste all of them. It's like check, 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 check. Boom, there you go. You know, like, and we already know it's really difficult to make sours. And they made a sour where they're like, all right, this is exactly how it's going to be. Well, not even that. They did like a, you know those cooking shows where like they show you all the ingredients and they're like, they're like, make a dish with all these. And you're like, easy. Mm-hmm. They're like, and you have to use 
Additionally, I have to use eggplant, paprika, and cumin. Hmm. You're like, how the fuck are we gonna use? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna equate it to like Babe Ruth pointing at a corner of the ballpark and hitting a home run over there. Like, you know, it's appropriate. It's oh, man, this it's just crazy. So how do you feel about this watermelon though? Now that we're about halfway through it. What are you thinking? It's just good. Yeah. To me, this is uh, sort of the essence of like track seven. At least the sour, the sour styles, air quotes around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, super drinkable. Uh, just tart enough to like satisfy that component. Mild enough to keep you going. And then there's just always some kind of, like, and you just kind of spoke to it. There's always some kind of interesting... Um, like combination of tasting notes. I feel mm-hmm. like um, it's a really great way for people who enjoy like fruity beers to kind of explore. Chris and I are big on this. Like, read the can and try to taste what's in the can. Yeah. You know, like, and sometimes you'll get it, and sometimes you won't, and mm. um, it takes some time and some practice, but like. I think the Track 7 Sours, for people who love fruity beers, like, it's a really easy way to just, you know, drink the beer and, like, get your palate more acclimated to things like that, I think. Definitely. So, I'm going to throw this in really quick. A lot of people, <clears throat> when I talk beer with them, they're saying that they enjoy a good beer with a meal. Okay. Do you think, with this one, being very accessible, not super tart. It's got fruit, it's tart, sea salt, but I think the sea salt gives it the added advantage that it would probably pair really well with a lot of foods. What I think, think um, Oops, this is me. weird. You know, I get like weird like hankerings for pairings. Mm-hmm. I think this would go well with like pasta salad. Oh, okay. I was gonna say a burger. Oh, yeah, uh, um, pasta salad. I All think right. well, okay. So it goes well uh, with lots of things because because it is uh, mildly sweet, mildly salty, mm-hmm. and light bodied. So like something like a burger um, would not be the first, depending on the burger, mm. would not be the first thing I would reach to for this. Mm. Like maybe I'm I just think, hungry. I don't know. I think maybe <laughs> I think Beeline serves that role oh, so much if it's better. Barbecue burgers, correct? Like with bacon or oh. correct? And the honey really. Mm. I think, like, if you're eating a burger, this isn't going to get in the way at all. But I think something lighter... Street tacos. Well, we might be hungry. Um, both of these beers go well, street tacos. With some Even fresh like, on top. Mm. Um, There you go. Like a Southwest salad. Southwest salad. Like, mm. I mean, like a, like a salad with, like, let's say, like, like ancho marinated chicken breast or, like, avocado and, like, onion or something. Huh. This And, like, a... Like a like a vinaigrette, this would go well. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm thinking really gourmet, I guess. Yeah. But, no, I get it. I get um, it. This is sort of a gourmet beer, though. Like, if you're talking about, like, the mm-hmm. ideal pairing, sorry for our listeners. I know I'm nerding out. I did this at the restaurant, too. We'll talk about that. Ooh. Would um, you say that this beer, then, since it goes well with, like, kind of the fancier foods, that this is kind of an understated beer when you drink it? 
I think so. I think there's something very naturally. It's very subtle. Gosh, dang it! I'm really trying to like taper my beard nerd lately, but like, Why? I think Is there's it, something very. I think you guys want to see Jordan's um, beard. His, you can't see it. Uh, I'm like blushing and like sitting up, and no, there's something very naturally elegant about the style of beer, uh, where it is very like complex and meaningful in a lot of ways, but also very subtle. It invites exploration, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think um, I think there's something sort of. Um, when you when you're talking about food, trying to find foods that are like subtle, so like a salad, where like where something that's light, like this mm. beer, and finding something that would sort of complement these flavors, and like watermelon and salt, like street tacos go well because it has this like watermelon margarita thing going for it. Well, I was thinking like a little like a chicken taco or a shrimp taco. A little bit spicy, uh, you know, sure. coleslaw and like a little bit of lime on 100%. top. Hundred percent, that works totally this well. Would be good. Uh, but I think like a burger is too heavy for this. Like, like this wouldn't get in the way of the burger, but then the burger becomes the forefront, right? Yeah. So like when people are like, oh, I want to have like beer with like my food. I don't, to be honest, in a lot of ways, I don't necessarily understand those people because I think it's more about the food, and then they're just having a beer with it. Yeah. Whereas like. I'm such a pairing nerd that, like, my, one of my favorite times of year is when Girl Scout cookies come around because breweries start brewing beer or putting out beer and doing, like, flights paired with Girl Scout cookies. Oh, and that's, yeah. like, my favorite thing in the whole freaking mm. world, man. Like, little taster and a cookie. Like, so you, like, that's funny. Yep. drink half the yep. taster, taste the cookie. Yeah, drink half the taster, taste the cookie. Next one, drink half the taster. It's, like, it's just, it's, oh, man, such a good, like, I love pairings. Oh, yeah. Pairings are great. <clears throat> It's like the time we did the pastry stout and I bust out the C's candy Bordeaux egg for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it like so, changed, the wor- changed your world on pairings. You know, like, pairings are my thing. Mm-hmm. I love pairings. But would this be a good time for you to talk about the pairing that we so, got into tonight? The before restaurant? we get into the pairing, Uh-oh. I do want to talk about the vibe at... We went to the other side when we got the Crowlers. Yeah. Um, and that is the Track 7 restaurant. And Chris and I, we frequently talk about... Maybe it's because we're both single, but we frequently talk about like trendy spots to take a lady on a date that also yeah. have good beer. So you, a lot of these places, if you explore a lot of the craft beer scene, you notice they're kind of like hole in the wall, back of an industrial park, kind of shady. You know, sometimes you'll get a place that's uh, like we always talk about Burning Barrel, where it's really pretty. It's nice inside, or like. Um, this One of my favorites matter. was that Ballast Point in Miramar that was the really big gorgeous. That was great. Absolutely gorgeous. That was like a, a fine dining experience for beer. But going to like – I'm trying to think of it. So if you go to Track 7's original location, it's not the fanciest. It's next to a you, skateboard shop. You drive shop, through the ghetto. And it's, next to a, it's next to a workout place, and it's kind of this roll-up door kind of facility. And they make beer there, and it's great. But – it's Once you're inside, sketchy. it's a cool little trendy spot, but it's a little bit of a All like right. a hole in the wall. If you take a girl there that you're going on like a first or second date, she doesn't know you very well, nope. it, it's going to give you like the kidnap kind of vibe. Nope. You know what I mean? Nope, nope, nope. So you got to – this. I think that's what you're touching on for the yeah, other side. Yeah, I would take her to the other side. The there's same food. Beer. Oh, it's and there's so like, nice. There's, it's in Midtown kind of almost. It's in Midtown. It's trendy. Um, There's uh, – it's – uh, it's got some. It's kind of bougie. It's got some like some like it's ritzy food without having like super 
Didn't high prices. The prices, price. yeah, it was prices are manageable. The I food think, is really good. I haven't tried it yet. I think but, the food is the food oh. on the surface looks mildly overpriced, which is typical for breweries that serve food. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to criticize them for mm-hmm. that. I just like, um, but like, there's like a large special for burgers, like burger and fries for ten bucks. Um, you can get it panic style, which I didn't ask him what that meant because I was just reading the menu because it's we're quarantined and we can only get beer to go. It doesn't really matter. Um, you can get the food to go too. They have like they have burgers, yeah. they have wings, they have salads, they have this like all kinds you know, of fries. They have like pita bread things. Yeah, they have they all have, kinds of stuff. Like they have yeah. vegan options. Like so, they have everything from like your basic options to some like trendy looking things to where, mm. um, it's kind of a cool little hip spot, but also it's got some basics. It checks a lot of boxes on the menu. Yeah, and then the beer is good, obviously, and then it's got some desserts. They have wine, too, Ooh. so if she doesn't like beer, you know, there's wine. I've been seeing that a lot lately. A lot of places are starting to offer wine as well. I think it's a good play. Um, but they had, I forget what the, it was basically like a Nutella cheesecake. Yes. It had nuts in it. I forget what kind of nuts. It was like a macadamia Nutella cheesecake or something mm-hmm. like that. I forget what kind of nuts it was. Yeah, like. it was macadamia. Yeah. Um, and... <clears throat> They had their one of their stouts on draft too. Yep, dark ailment. And oh yeah, have we had that one? Uh, well, I don't know if that's a, I was actually wondering. I didn't ask them. I don't know if that is just a re-release or if dark ailment is a series where they do variations now. It didn't look like it had anything to do with the series. It just said dark ailment on it. And we've so, had it before. Yeah. But it's okay. good. Yeah, it's a very good imperial style. And dark ailment would go, like, with a Nutella cheesecake would be pretty great. Like, this would not go with Nutella cheesecake. No. No, no. Neither would Beeline. Nope. And so dark ailment and Nutella cheesecake, and the lady was like, well, we can, you know, box up a cheesecake and give you a crowler of dark ailment. It's like, ah, you're a woman after my own heart. Like... Yeah, whatever you want. If you, buy, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. shoot, that sounds so amazing. And so even you know, if you were to do a flight at track seven, and plan your courses, like a half pour with the course, like a half pour with the salad, half pour with the main course. Or if you just wanted your regular flight, flight I, I guess so. So maybe I'm just greedy. I want more than just a little taster. So. Okay, but how many people drink more than a pint if they're having multiple courses? Maybe two pints. Pint two pints, okay. That's what I was saying. Do a half pour with each course. And you're sitting and talking, too. You're not just eating. So I'm assuming you're on a date or you're taking somewhere there, you know, for a special occasion. So <clears throat> half pour with each course. Mm-hmm. I'm game for You're sitting there. You're eating a little bit. You're talking a little bit. Sipping a little bit. That's why I'm thinking a little bit more than a taster, maybe. Split dessert, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Even split a half pour of dark ailment. You know, it's cute. Mm-hmm. Um... Little straws. Nope. No beer out no? of straws. Uh, That's a hard rule. <laughs> no. We don't even joke about that. It's like rule number eight on the Beer Buddies podcast. <laughs> I'm going to actually sit down and write these rules down one day. Yeah, we should. Makes me mad. A <laughs> beer with straws. Oh, man. My bartender at Red Robin, there's this guy who would come in like once a month, get a pint of Blue Moon and request a straw. It just like boil my blood, man. I just like stop drinking your beer like a bitch. Like, and it's not even like a male versus female thing. Like, you're just like, just drink your beer like a normal human being. So, I bet you he didn't realize maybe in his mind 
Drinking it with a straw made it taste better. You know why? Because you were skipping the bitter part of the taste? Well, blue moons are unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And you have to either roll them or shake them or whatever. If you drink them out of the bottle, you're at least shaking it up a little bit, tipping it up and putting it back down. But he's putting a straw right to the bottom where all the orange flavor goes and just drinking it right off the top. Like, oh, this is good. I love this beer. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Thought I thought, I thought uh, about your question differently. I thought about how in your palate... Oh, no, not, not as you know, you taste about that. the bitterness on the tip of your tongue uh-huh. and the sweetness in the back. So he just puts the straw all the way in the back of his mouth? That's what I'm saying is he <laughs> yeah. just skips the bitterness part, just, no. and he doesn't realize uh, he's doing that. That's what my Oh, no, this, was. for Blue Moons, this is something that I, I really like doing because people call me a beer snob all the time, too. And Blue Moon is one of the ones that's like Stella or 805 where like people drink Blue Moon. And if I pour it for them, if I have the opportunity, I'll pour it for them, explain to them, you take the bottle, oh, excuse me, you can either roll it on the table, before you open it, before you open it, key, so don't don't roll an open bottle, you're going to make a mess, <laughs> that's my point, so you roll the bottle before you open it, just a little bit, back and forth, back and forth, and then pour it however you want, or you can pour two-thirds of it into a cup, swirl the last third in the bottle, like kind of spin it around a little bit, hard pour that over the top. You will taste so much orange current in that because all those particles from that is not filtered. All the all the flavor particles, if you want to call them that, sink to the bottom when it's just sitting on the shelf or being transported. And by swirling it, you're reactivating it, and you get all the flavor out of it. And it does taste much better. I don't think he's doing that with the straw. Probably not. No, but uh, that is also something that I like to do when people give me a hard time about drinking beer out of a glass. Like, no, if you pour it right, you get more experience out of it. So if you're drinking it anyways, take five seconds and have a better experience. Well, weird question. Have you oh. ever sent back a beer because it was a crappy pour? No. Same. <laughs> Just drink it. Uh, well, okay, so here's what now, I do. Here's, here's, what I do. here's the thing, though. What? Oh, you finished your sentence, and we're going to see if we have the same. <laughs> so I'll drink down about an inch and a half into the beer. And I'll pour my fork or pull my fork out. Uh-huh. Swish <laughs> the fork in the beer and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and swirl it. Yep. And you can see that you can see it sort of like break down. You're like, okay, now it's gonna be better. <laughs> oh yeah. People look at me like I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hand on the beer, I'm like, oh, this is really good. I'm like, well, thank you. This is. I'm not crazy. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But the other side. I think the other side. The pairing thing speaks to another thing that's present. You can just show up, drink a pint with your food, mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, shoot, this is a cool place. Or people like you and I can go do a half pour, do th- a f- three half pours and three courses. Mm-hmm. And maxim like, I don't know. There's just, track seven yeah. really is, like, to me, the blueprint for the most customizable experience. Because if you were, like, like if you were getting married and we were planning a bachelor party... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man, and you want to go to a brewery, we're probably going to, like, one of the Track 7 locations, especially if you're bringing guys. I wouldn't mind if we got lunch at the other side. That'd be good. You know what I mean? Like... I went out and did something after that. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be a good time. Like, you know, like, especially if you were bringing guys that weren't heavily into beer, I think mm-hmm. Track 7, like... <laughs> so, <laughs> this is something I, I'm, I really am trying not to bring up because I want to talk about it when we crack open our third beer here. But... 
the people that are close to me, my guys, all drink beer. And I don't know. I think it's a combination of I've found people that can, I can get along with that drink beer. And the people that don't drink beer, I make them drink beer. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of okay, a... Okay, but like yeah. when you say they drink beer, it's not usually like you and I drink beer. No. Who's the guy that we went to New Glory with? New Glory. Also, Matt, my coworker. Cool dude. Yeah, he's new. I'm, I'm making. I introduced him to New Glory, and now um, that's his favorite place. But even when you went to the restroom, he like you and I had a beer talk. You went to the mm-hmm. restroom. He's like, "What are you talking about?" And I started explaining to him about how you and I had three IPAs on the table, and then we were questioning the hops that were in them, and then checking on the can, and something didn't quite add up to mm-hmm. what we were tasting versus what's on the can. And they didn't list the yeast on the can, which is different for them. Yeah, they usually do. You know, of all three cans, they didn't Uh put the yeast on any of them. I was like, you know, I bet some of it has to do with when these beers were all brewed. And he he started laughing. He's like, you guys are just way ahead of me. So that's that's what I like about Matt, though. He's he's also an engineer. We went to school together. Uh, He's a very curious mind. And so he told me he likes to drink beer. I was like, well, let me show you my favorite place, and I'm, I'm going to throw you down this rabbit hole because he's going to want to jump down there as well. And he's been sl- he's been doing it. He's going on his own. He's trying out the can releases. He's checking out hops now. Like, he's on his own. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, my friends that are around me, I don't know if I've either picked people that like beer, all my really close, like you, Logan, and Miles, we all like beer a lot. Or if I've just also found friends that are interested and I just kind of forced it on them, and then now they like it. It's like my only complaint with my social circle in Oklahoma is no one's really into beer. I keep telling you, bring a check bag. We'll send you home with some crawlers. You do like a flight, like a guided tasting for some of your homies. You're like, listen, Shane boys. Shane not drink. Shane doesn't drink. Well, that's fine. He can smell it or something. I don't know. Um, that's part of the experience. But they're going to open, well, they were supposed to, this is kind of interesting, they were supposed mm. to open a brewery this semester mm. right next to campus called Cross mm. Canyons. Cross Cross Canyons, sorry. Okay. Which, uh, they already have an Oklahoma City location, they're opening a second one, which I was actually pretty stoked about, you know, every now and again just pop my head in and grab a pint of something while I'm walking home, you mm-hmm. know, just like, it's pretty cool to me. So I can't tell you how nice it is that I work... On, uh, I work down the ways from New Glory, so when I get off work, I can go to New Glory, get a beer, pull out my work, my not my work computer, but my other, excuse me, my other work computer, send emails, talk to people, do whatever I gotta do. Oh, excuse me. Ooh. But it gives me a transition from work to school. So I get like a 45 minute break, so I can change gears mentally to go from work mode, have a pint, talk to people, kind of decompress. Go to school. <clears throat> That's nice. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm listening. So it's like you. You get, you get off school, work, because your work and school is the same sometimes. <laughs> you, he works at school, he goes to school and works there, and it's also work. And then... <laughs> and recreational activities yeah. are at the school. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, but... it's, it's all... He's... he's Yeah. <laughs> so having a beer before you go home is similar to... You know, I don't do work at home. Really? I don't do any work at home. Oh, that's irresponsible. You got, what are you, slacking off, man? What's going on? Oh, no, I'm at school till 10 (laughs) o'clock at night. I don't do any work at home. 
That is my big thing is when I'm home, I get to not be working. So essentially we're doing the same thing. But yours is closer. Yours would be across the street. And you don't have to drive. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Do you guys get in trouble, though, for having uh, walking around with a bus? Because it's the Midwest. They're a little bit more uh, restrict on, on some of the stuff. I don't know. I've done it before and I haven't gotten in trouble. Well, you and I also handle a lot of beer pretty well. So. It's true. Because <laughs> I went to the Beer is Good Brewing Company. Yeah. Otherwise known as the B.I.G. Brewing Co. Mm. It had a lot in January. Mm-hmm. And went across the street to this place called The Garage, which I think has the best burger in Norman. Hmm. And I decided to get the Sticky Fingers, which is a burger that has peanut butter on it. Oh, you told me about this. It's actually really good. Ah. Um, I've had one before, so it wasn't like an adventure, but it was still good. And then walked home. Mm-hmm. And probably handled my booze just fine. I don't know. I yeah. made home just fine. I remember everything about the evening. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, like you and I, like, we feel like we're really buzzed. Like, I can tell sometimes, especially, like, I actually was told uh, by one of our places we go to frequently, the person pouring the beer, I told him I was a little buzzed because I was trying to figure out what I wanted. He's like, oh, you're good. You never get out of control, man. You're good. I'm like, are you serious? I've been so, like... There's a couple times, it was at Negloria, I think it was one of the one times we were pretty messed up. We had to Uber home. Yeah, the only time I've ever fallen asleep in your front yard was because Negloria. Right. Yep. They had Juicy Centers that time. That was the second time we went to oh, Negloria. Oh, that was so good. And we turned up really hard. Uh-huh. And then I, we were waiting but, for Adalberto's, and I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and Adalberto's was there. It's probably the best wake up to a nap I've ever had was, hey, eat your, oh, bur- yeah. eat your burrito. It's probably like... Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Like even then, we were probably more well composed than most people get. Not that much. So I think I think we were fine. We actually got that's what I'm saying. We got complimented by the guys at the Glory for us always being respectable and keeping our heads together, even when we're drinking a couple pints. So I think we're able to handle it a little bit better than most people. So that's good. That's good. So it's right. good to be safe. Let's jump into the third one. Oh, Alright, you gotta finish yours though. Well, I'm gonna finish it while you're all finishing now. Let me watch. Can I watch? There you go. Very nice. Very nice. So, final thoughts. It's just good. It's a good one. It's it's understated. It's very understated. Easy going. Very good. Yeah. I already got passionate about this one. I'm not gonna get myself worked up again. That one's just nice. <laughs> I had a really lousy analogy that would upset our female listeners, and I'm trying not uh, to do that anymore. Well, that's funny because I was about to say that I kind of wish we'd have gotten another one of uh, Betty Cobbler, but I kind of think doing beeline to watermelon was a good transition. Mm-hmm. So, all right, number three, Crowler number three, blood transfusion. Yes, they're blood orange semi-annual. Rotational staple. Rotational staple. It's very good. Hand me your cup, please, sir. You got it? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, he committed! Woo! Yeah! Look at that commitment, ladies. He's ready for marriage now. Mm, All you ladies that are... Not quite. 
Um, I want my truck first and my dog. No, no, we don't want either of those things. I do. We want a lady. I want both of those things. We want a lady. All right, well, how about... Uh, cheers. Cheers to... Ooh, this one smells good. I haven't had this in a very long time. It tastes like it's pretty fresh. It's got some bite, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Less than a week old. Uh, good job on the flight choice. I think we did pretty good. Yeah, and the order, too. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, just even, you know, like, I, I think choosing the order, you're right. Like, there's no point in doing hindsight. I think this is the mm. order it needed to be drank in. And I yeah. think it's pretty clear. Um, for the sake of transparency for our listeners, I was concerned about if if the watermelon was super salty. Mm. I do think it makes the transition to blood transfusion less ideal. So we did talk yeah. about starting with um, the melon I'm yours and then go to beeline and then go to blood transfusion. But I'm really glad we didn't. Because that goza was fairly mild in both its flavors, while mm-hmm. still having a lot of nuance. And that transition from honey to watermelon, well, that and was nice. Beeline is the perfect warm-up beer. Oh, yeah. You know, like, if you're doing a flight, like, Beeline, like, you can never go wrong with those multi-styles. That's typically what I like to do. And that's really why, like, um, for our avid listeners, you've heard me say this a million times, something, something malty, something sour, something hoppy, something dark. Like, like clockwork never fails you do that on a flight like you'll have like even if you think oh i don't drink sours but you like the other three do it anyways and you'll you'll find yourself being surprised Mm -hmm. such a good time um so we don't need to do hindsight tonight which is where you know where we re-rank our flight or we compare what we what order we drank it in yeah this was the order this This is the the order it should be uh, my only complaint about this flight, and it's because, you know, this is three, is if we were to do a fourth one now, okay, mm-hmm. if you could do, I want you to take a minute to think about this. Yeah. Any Track 7 beer to be the fourth beer for this flight. You think I'm not ready for this, but I, I'm going to uh, knock uh, your socks off here. You ready? Uh, hold on. Let me think of mine. Okay. Any Track 7 beer that can be the fourth beer, what is your fourth beer? Not that right now. Oh. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> but tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. That would be that would be a good follow up to this one. What's mine? <sighs> panic. No. What? Absolutely not. What? How is it not panic? Okay. Well, um, left that right is my favorite track seven beer. So it wasn't left that um, right. Excuse me. To this one. We've only had this beer one time. Or oh, is it on tap available today? Nope. Well then, what are you? I said. Oh. Okay. I said. Any track seven beer okay. ever. Oh, it's a, is, a is Venus that, Venom. Venus Venom. Yeah. Okay. So that I was thinking about the ones that were on tap. I'm like, that's. You could have. Was Left Eye Ride on tap today? Uh-huh. Yeah, and they had it in Bombers. Left Eye Ride was not on tap today. No. You're tripping. 
Okay, maybe it was just bombers. It's panic and hazy panic. They didn't yeah. have regular panic on tap. Or well, okay, on as far as what was on the board. Sorry, the yeah. memory like no, they had okay. left out right eight and tall bottles. Yeah, that's maybe that's what they did not have it on draft. What would otherwise I would have bought a bomber and we split it right now after this one. No, see that would have been a good follow up. Absolutely correct. Okay, so would um, I would want to transition. That's flight option 2.0, by the way. If would, for some reason you really hate dark beer, you could do something malty, something sour, something hoppy, mm-hmm. something hoppier. I was going to say, if we're transitioning from blood transfusion, somehow getting to Venus Venom, I'd want an intermediary, and it would probably be nothing futz. To go from an IPA to a... Blood orange to peanut butter is a problem for me. It is. Venus Venom had cherry in it, though. Oh, yeah, that's a hard... Oh, man, that's a hard transition, though. To an Imperial Stout with, with cherry and chocolate. Well, orange and chocolate go together, this is too. Also why, mm. This is also why, as much as I say something malty, something hoppy, mm. something sour, something dark, I do like to start my flights, this is why, with something mm. sour and transition to something hoppy. Okay. And my something malty... Is a medium. This is why you give me a hard time for the reds. The reds. You know what? But that's how I transitioned to stouts really well. How did you like the red ale that we had uh, a couple? Was it last week? It was pretty good. Imperial red. It was good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It was more of a more of an amber. It wasn't quite red. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. But it was. They make that was a good red ale. The downtown brown of reds. Yes. Lighter than it should be, but Mm -hmm. still good body. For what it is. Still pretty good. So I think you you touched on it. I wasn't super excited about this when I first tasted this blood orange, the blood transfusion, but it being very fresh, that I'll give it some some handicap points here. Because some of these uh, IPAs when they come out and they're brand new, they're still live, it's like Woo Man. Well, so. the two beers we've had so far have been very subtle, and you've really had to dig for the quality. Mm, this one's in your face. This one, you, there's no digging. This one, you almost got to keep it at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost tastes like you're drinking the like a really good orange IPA, and then also taking a bite of orange peel. Kinda. At the same time. Yeah, this is this is definitely a batch where you and I would typically leave this in the fridge for a couple weeks and let it mellow out. Yeah. Yes. Chris and I, just for our listeners, we've bought plenty of four-packs, intending to drink one or two, drink even maybe three, and drink one, and we're like, we're going to leave the rest of that four-pack in the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the one that we do this a lot with is that uh, Mindshaker series from New Glory. Because it's true. You know, like, I think we've had a couple that were good, that were okay right off the bat, but letting those sit for three or four weeks, man, they really, they... Delicious. They age well. To a point. Yes. So They do age well. Those beers are typically between 80 and 85 to me. Yeah. And this they, one... they age about plus six points to me. So if it's about an 82, it ages to about an 88. Okay. So this one, what do you think it's going to be like in a couple weeks? It might also be warmer in a couple of weeks. I so. would put this... This batch is like... In the same... Between 80 and 85, probably. Okay. And would probably... 
Maybe an A minus by the time it matures. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it'll yeah. break. Maybe not that high, but. I mean, All this right. B line I would give for like for a blonde ale. This B line to me is like a ninety seven. This sour yeah. to me is like a ninety nine. The one point yeah. being like. Um, it is a little salty. Well, I would like more, more watermelon. More watermelon, less salt. Um, yeah. And this blood transfusion to me is like an eighty five. Okay. Um, so. But. Well, we, we chose blood transfusion not because, like, yes, we like blood transfusion, and we think it's a good beer, but it really, like, we chose these three beers because Beeline is, like, a year-round staple, Melon I'm Yours mm. is an experimental batch, and blood transfusion is a seasonal staple. Yeah. And so we really wanted to highlight those three aspects of, mm-hmm. of Track 7. Um, I also wanted to take this time to sort of talk about the staple IPAs that Track 7 has, I think, are really compelling. You know, like, Panic IPA is the staple IPA in a in an IPA scene. Like, not even just for Track 7, but, like, it's like NorCal's IPA, like, for sure. In an IPA scene, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Um... And I say that as, like, Panic IPA is not my favorite IPA around. And Track 7 is my favorite brewery. I think Panic's great. So, yeah, it's not your favorite but, if you had a choice. But if you go, one of the advantages of them making staples all the time, we talked about, is that they can distribute. So if you go to a restaurant and you see Lagunitas, you see Hazy Little Thing, you see Panic, which Panic. one are you getting? Yep, Panic, hands down, every time. Those three. If those are no. the handles, I'm like, give me a panic, please. Yeah. Um, yep. But then, you know, the only complaint I have about Track 7 as a brewery is they're missing an opportunity with a Left Eye IPA. Yeah. If Left Eye, Right that Eye. That would be, because it's not And then they have Left Eye, Right Eye, Left Eye. It's different. And they have Left Eye, Right Eye, Eldorado Dry Hopped. Yeah. If you can find it. That's amazing. And they should be doing Left Eye, Right Eye, like the same way New Glory does uh, the DDH series, the Double uh-huh. Dry Hop series. They really should be doing oh. Left Eye, Right Eye, okay, Eldorado. Left Eye, Right Eye, Columbus. Left okay. Eye, Right Eye, Uca- Maria. Right, Yukona, Idaho 7. Like they really should oh. be doing those things. Left Eye, Right Eye, Cashmere. I think if they did a left eye right eye galaxy, you'd cream yourself. Maybe not, because the one thing that I do like about left eye right eye is it is a very juicy fruity. It's still a West Coast IPA, but it's not. It's, it deviates a little bit away from that piney Simcoe taste with some other hops that they put in it, and so it's a very. It's not tropical fruity as much as like some of the hazies are, but it's just really it's. It's really drinkable and it's it's really good. I think the El Dorado double dry hop was. That was a perfect um, addition, mm-hmm. the hop variety add. Amarillo would be another one if they don't already have Amarillo in it. I'm not sure what's in what they're running. Yep. But something like uh, that or like uh, CTZ might be good. Or, oh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, Galaxy might be good, but it's going to be more of an earthy passion fruit, like papaya grass flavor to it. Maybe... Maybe Nelson. Mm-hmm. If you want to shock it with some sort of Australian hop, Nelson. Maybe Victoria's Secret if you want something a little fruitier. Uh, well, that's what I was saying. Maybe um, Cashmere because it's kind of a citrus, light citrus blossom velvety kind or of Or you could do Summer Series, do a or, Lemon Drop. Left eye, right eye, Lemon Drop. 
That would be good. Let's see, Lemon Drop and Nelson would be good together. Oh, that would be delicious. Yeah, so, I mean, oh. but with the staple, you know, the left eye, right eye, left yeah. eye, right eye, left eye, panic. Back Even, like, a lot of people yeah. like hazy panic. I don't like it very much, but. It's not, I'd rather have regular panic. Same. The same thing, okay, so the shoot's fresh squeezed, hazy, fresh squeezed, same thing. I'd rather have regular. It's, you know, <clears throat> I think that they make hazies. Track 7 can make hazies. Just fine. Yeah. They don't need to be making hazy versions of the beers that they already have figured out that are very good. Like Panic, Left Eye Right. I do think Hazy Panic is a marketing play. It is. You it know, very much I think is. It, I think it's a strategic one. I don't know that, like, to the people who really know beer. They probably like regular Panic more. Probably. But to the sheeple, Hazy Panic's what they order. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, that's kind of why I was disappointed. Like, <clears throat> why, you make other good hazies. Just don't. Maybe don't make Hazy Panic anymore. Replace it with another single Hazy that's a staple. But they were saying, uh, to your point that you just made, when I talked to the Track 7 guys, they were saying that they sell enough Hazy Panic that they're considering making it a year-round staple. Like permanent. Fine. I know. It's a little disappointing. Sacramento, you got to step your game up. But what are you going to do? It's it's not a bad beer. I don't want to give our listeners the the wrong impression, but if you're gonna drink a hazy, hazy panic shouldn't be the thing you're really going for. Mm-hmm. And even if you went to track seven and you're like, yeah, Jordan, I had a great time, and I had like three pints. Like, what'd you have? Oh, I drank hazy panic. Okay, what else did you have? No, I had three pints of hazy panic. Like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, why'd you waste your time? Like that's cool to have one, but you're at like one of the best breweries in the in the region. So, well, that's also goes to you and I have more depth. We look for more. Most people just show up and they find a beer they like and they just keep drinking it. You know, like they just keep drinking it. Great. I I'm not that person, mm. but great. So let me talk about something really quick. Go ahead. It kind of gets on that topic. So, my dad is a beer guy, but he's an old school beer guy. And he also is uh, a German beer guy because he spent some time in Germany. Likes German beer. So, of course, he likes the Oktoberfest that we bring him. And we, well, he likes stouts and stuff. We try to surprise him. But it took a long time for us to get him on board with the IPAs. Correct. A long time. I think one of our favorite stories is the Juice Blackberry story where he. He just would trash talk our IPAs all the time, and we gave him a sample of Juice Blackberry, and he, how many times did he come back? Three, four times? So, so. to, to give our listeners the whole context, because this is one yeah. of my favorite beer stories. So, actually, you know that Track 7, that little tiny glass that mm-hmm. I have? The really, I have like a four-ounce Track 7 glass that I bought for my dad, because I wanted him to taste those beers. So, that's just kind of, um, like, that's... So, <laughs> Juice Blackberry purpose. is a double IPA by Out of Bounds, and the oh, Juice series so that comes good. out every summer... Amazing. Um, really great double IPA that doesn't taste Ooh. like a double IPA. It tastes more like a hoppy cider to oh, me. Oh, it's delicious. And it's absolutely fantastic. But it's it's unbelievably smooth and fruity. So when Chris and I first got our hands on it, it was, I don't know, it was a nice change of pace for what we had been drinking at the time. We were killing a tall bottle at least three or four times a week of just black bear. We just could not get enough of it. So it's just it's addictive. when you hear juice blackberry double IPA, you're like, oh, I don't drink the hoppy stuff. Like, I promise you, this isn't hoppy. You're like, no, I, I don't do hoppy beers. Like, I promise you, it's really not that hoppy. 
And, um... He didn't, like, hop brought, at all. No. So we took so. it over to Chris's house, and we were like, hey, Kelly, try this. I promise you it's not hoppy. He's like, it's a double IP. How could it not be hoppy? He's like, I understand. <laughs> try it. And he uh, took a smell and slammed the glass down and yelled at us and walked out of the room. He's like, it's hoppy. He's like, Kelly, I promise me. you it's not hoppy. He thought we were trying to deceive him. It's and not... so he took he took a sip of it and he said, he slammed it back down. Said, you guys lied to me. It's definitely hoppy. And walked out of the room. And then as if. We thought it was hilarious. As if he was, as if he never stopped talking, kept coming back into the room as he was talking, and drank the rest of his sample and walked out of the room. After he drank the rest of his sample, Chris poured him another four-ounce sample, mm -hmm. and he came back in the room complaining about how we lied to him. It was hoppy, and he would like take like a quad shot and like. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and continue whining about it and then walk out of the room. And we got him to drink like three or four of those samples. He get, he drank like half that bottle by himself mm -hmm. in about a five-minute span. That's heavy, too. That's like 8%. Yeah. So he just didn't realize he kept coming back in. So every time he'd drink it and leave, we just put a little more in there, and he'd just come back and drink it. So <laughs> I think that's kind of when we broke the ice with him. So here's here's the kind of the funny thing. This is a couple of years later, right? So fast forward a couple of years. We're sitting out back. Uh, my family, we're having our, our quarantine dinner in the back patio, barbecuing some hot dogs and bratwurst. And my dad's got deep fryer, which is actually really awesome. We deep fried some pickles and Ooh. asparagus. Ooh. So that was good. Ooh. We're hanging out. We're hanging out. I told Jordan a couple of weeks ago, I stopped at one of my favorite places around here, Cordy Brothers, the small grocery store in Midtown. Uh, I'd say Eastern Midtown. So it's kind of getting close to 65th Avenue. But I found a 12-ounce can of Latitude 33 Blood Orange and a 12-ounce can of 21st Amendment Blood Orange. and Which are two of our favorite Blood Orange IPAs. Mm -hmm. they're, they're supposedly two of the best in the market right now. They are they're very, very well-renowned you know, Blood Orange IPAs. So the plan was I gave them to him. He chased them back-to-back. -back. We agreed. Which, you know, fight us because I did try them back-to-back. Um, the Blood Orange from 21st Amendment was a little bit darker malt, a little bit darker color, more of an amber. Mm -hmm. And I think that highlighted the Blood Orange flavor a little bit better. The 21st Amendment uh, was smoother, easier to drink. The Latitude 33 was a little bit more bite. It was more like this one from Track 7, more like Blood Transfusion, where it's much more of that bitter citrus, a little bit lighter. Like this one's kind of a gold color. Kind of a yellow, mm -hmm. goldish malt. So, <clears throat> and then I had him try another beer right after that. I think it was uh, the Hazy, oh, it was Hazy Hop Goblin Blood Orange that they just released a couple weeks ago. So I had him try one of those. And he's sitting there sipping it. He said that was pretty good. Latitude 33 was pretty good, but 21st Amendment is the best. That's one he likes the best. I agree with him on this one. This time, and he commented. He says, "You know what? Two years ago, I wouldn't have liked these beers." <laughs> oh, finally! <laughs> oh, it's such a win! I looked at that it. That is the closest <laughs> we will ever get to hearing. Oh, you good. guys developed my beer taste. Well, I told him. I, lo I looked at him. I was like, "Yeah, I've been working on you for a couple of years." He's like, "Oh yeah, I know, I know." It's like, there you go. 
Oh, that's a win. Now he likes, he likes hazies. He likes hazies. My uncle was in town for a minute. Oh, he likes life. hazy. I love now it. Now he's a hazy guy. Oh, uh, he was just an old man logger, and now he's now he's current. <laughs> now he's a hipster. Now he's updated. Uh, he works in Midtown, and he drinks hazies. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, they're never going to let you live in the Midwest again. Nope. He needs to grow a ponytail now. <laughs> he had long hair when he was younger. That's the funny part. Before he, uh, before he left the country, he had long hair, drove a Volkswagen Beetle. Okay. There you go. So that's funny. Now he drinks hazies and he works in Midtown. We'll we'll say this is the fourth blood orange IPA we've had. It's yep. not the fourth, but we'll say it is. Well, the fourth that we've solidly had an opinion about. And we'll right. we will compare it to the other three, right? So to review, the yeah. hazy. Hop Goblin Blood Orange Edition mm-hmm. versus the 21st Amendment Blood Orange IPA uh-huh. versus the Latitude 33 Blood Orange IPA mm-hmm. then versus this, the Blood Transfusion Blood Orange IPA. So I'm going to say something that's going to hurt some people's feelings. It's kind of harsh, but I think it needs to be said. Uh, this and Latitude 33 are very similar. Uh, that's, that's Track 7 and Latitude 33 make a very similar Blood Orange uh, 21st Amendment is a little different, and I think the uh, Hazy Hop Goblin Blood Orange isn't really should it shouldn't even be considered. It should be this trio, and then this other beer over here on the side okay. is Hazy Hop. That Goblin. much we agree on. So no, just the Hazy so, Hop Goblin Blood Orange. I don't think and it, and that, I don't think it's very good. But it, it may or may not be because they changed the Hazy Hop Goblin recipe and they try to spruce it up with some Blood Orange, whatever. I, Okay. I have heard feelings so, about of Hazy those Hop three Goblin, beers, so. Latitude 33, mm-hmm. Blood Transfusion, because now clearly Hazy Hop Goblin Blood Orange is fourth, mm-hmm. and 21st Amendment. So, I completely disagree with you that this is similar to Latitude 33. Okay. I think How the green. Have you tried it. Not super recently, but okay. I think the grain of the Latitude 33 is much darker and gives it a very different body. Okay. I just had one a week ago, and it looked exactly like this, and it tasted like this. Oh, then they changed the recipe, because okay. it used to be the same color as shoots Fresh Squeezed. So, I think you and I are talking about the OG recipe that was amazing. That was a really good one. Which is better than this. Yes. Now, the oh, recipe yes. you had a week ago, is it better than this? It's about the same. Bummer. Yeah, it's about like this. At least, so at least we have to talk, we talk about this all the time. So not not on our Spotlight episodes, but on our random can assortment episodes, we have to talk about transportation, storage, uh, presentation at the store. Who knows what happened to this beer between San Diego and Sacramento. It's true. For Latitude 33. So we don't know. It could have been... It could have been cooked a little bit in the truck. It, you know, it could have been an old batch. Who knows? So could have sat on the shelf for a minute. I'd be willing to try it again, but the one that I just had, it looked like this color. That's what I'm saying. That the that's a bummer. The blood orange from Twenty First Amendment did have that kind of brownish amber color of uh, fresh waste. <clears throat> and I, that's what I was saying. I think the little bit darker malt helps pull in that orange flavor yeah. a little better. Pairs better. Uh huh. And just makes it really smooth. That explains, because the 21st Amendment one is hands down better than this. And if the Latitude 33 one you just had is this color, 
it doesn't surprise me that you feel that way too. About you, you have the same feelings about that comparison then too. So it's just. Well, I remember like it's such a three, bummer. I'm like flabbergasted. It was like two or three years ago. We had Blood Orange IPA from Latitude 33. It was really, really good. Like really good. Yeah, it was on. Well, it was a handle. It was two years ago. You're right. That's an accurate timeline. It's the only good decision that that current bar manager at Road Robin made was putting Latitude 33 on. Yeah. But also, again, we know that this we we got this from the tap. We got this blood transfusion tonight before we recorded this episode, and it's probably less than a week old, and it tastes very fresh. So when you get a can or a pour of Latitude 33 at a restaurant or find it at a store, it's probably older than that. It's probably settled more, right? So. Sure. Would you be willing to give this a couple extra points for freshness? Yes. So, I mean, we're, we're tasting it. I don't think this is exactly – we'd have to talk to the brewer, but I don't think this is exactly what they intended because it's a little – it's got a little bit more bite to it than most blood oranges that, you know, uh, out of the four we've tried this has the most bite to it. So it could use a little bit of time to settle. And smooth out, which might bump it a little bit ahead of the current Latitude 33 recipe. I think they're they're tied. I mean, again, I think Blood Transfusion is a solid beer. I think all these beers oh, we're yeah. comparing are solid. Um, this choice was very much predicated on the idea of being able to talk about the seasonal staples. And this is kind of a niche type of beer to make, too. Like, not a lot of places make a blood orange IPA. So, like, Daylight Amber that I mentioned previously, that's a seasonal staple. The Burnt Fog, which is a smoked porter, um, which I've been thinking, smoked porter, does that mean they use smoked malts? Interesting question. I'm going to have to ask him. Um, It's worth exploration. And... Um, you know, I haven't seen Soul Man Stout in a while. I think that's no. pretty much gone. I think Dark Ailment has kind of taken over, and that kind of rotates in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they had a couple extra of the other, like a, a dark, kind of a dark run this, woo, excuse me, a dark run this winter. They had um, Swivel Foot. Is that a dark beer? I think it's a dark beer. Uh, dark ailments and another one, I think. Instead of Soul Man's Stout, they had like three other dark beers. Mm-hmm. And then they brought back Nuck and Futz, so who can complain about that, right? That's that's pretty great. I think the blonde's better. Blonde Nuck and Futz oh, is better than dark. That Nuck was Futs. incredible. That was imagine that on nitro. That's it. I I could drink that till I died. I'd be I'd be dead. Good to go. It's true. And you know? those, I mean, coming back to pairings. Maybe this is a bold opinion. There are beers that don't pair. Change my mind. This one, I was just thinking it could pair with something spicy. But I don't know why. Some hot wings? You must really, like, okay. (laughs) Yes and no. If you really want to accentuate the spice, sure. 
smell this and tell me it wouldn't go well with like pineapple habanero chicken wings. Okay, that's um, mm. my problem is your problem is a habanero, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my problem uh. is that hops and the hoppy profile accentuate your spice. So I could see this going well with like Thai food. Oh yeah. But I'm saying like maybe but you like the spice. it's gonna be spi- if you yeah. like the spice. Ooh. Right. That's the asterisk next to that. But like the peanut butter blonde. That doesn't with... really pair with food. It might pair with the dessert. Like you might be able to do like a white, like an angel food cake or something with it, or or like a, okay, a bread pudding, or maybe. But see, you have to get really creative. What if you had it like with brunch, with like a Belgian waffle and some fruit, or like maybe a crepe? Okay. Uh, Chocolate banana bananas cake. foster pancakes. Oh, yeah, we're both thinking bananas. There bananas you go. foster pancakes. That would go well with. But that's like really early to have a beer. That's kind of lame. It's brunch. They have champagne and orange juice. That's, that's fine. Brunch. I would just rather do a mimosa with brunch. No, I'd, what? You'd rather have a mimosa than blonde nuck and fuss? Before like 11 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, what? Oh. I don't really right, want to drink beer before. That's it. If I, Mimosas if, are delicious. They are. Okay, that, that's fine. I like orange juice. It's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> like, but hold on, like, like, mimosas are pretty fantastic. Yes, they are. And you're saying you'd rather have one than blonde nuck and futs. Before eleven o'clock. Ah, then his palate switches over. He takes his palate out and puts in his afternoon palate. I mean, probably before noon. If he keeps being it in honest, his back pocket. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Like old man and his teeth. I don't teeth. know. Beer before noon is kind of weird for me. Oh, you haven't lived. I feel the same thing about soda. Okay, so if if we talked about my bachelor party earlier, in the off chance that I do ever ever get married, he's gonna get married, ladies. He's ready. <laughs> so I'm saying that my my bachelor party maybe I'll start with brunch and I'll make Jordan drink a beer at ten o'clock in the morning. I would. <laughs> it's your day. <laughs> at least it's the first day. <laughs> And then when you get married and I have to give a speech, it's your day again. But yep. Oh I'll yeah. Do it. I'm gonna make Jordan live it up. We'll have. I mean, but as long as it's not the peanut butter blonde. That'd before, be so good with like a four twelve. Well, <sighs> bananas foster pancakes. Or bananas and candied walnuts. Or. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. A banana chocolate crepe. Okay. Something. We're both thinking bananas. Chocolate peanut butter banana. Yeah, peanut, peanut butter, butter banana goes. That's yes. what kind of got me. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's another amazing beer that Track 7 makes. Right? So if you've had, you've had blonde, it, yes. it's, I mean, we're, we're not saying, like, you can buy cans of the carbon dioxide and nitro, nothing futs. Both what, are fantastic. What else pairs well, pairs well with blood transfusion? Um, I think just teriyaki wings would pair well. Something simple. Yeah. Like teriyaki wings would pair really well. Well, teriyaki has it's sweet, but it's got a little bit of complexity in the herbal side too. If you do it like a really nice teriyaki, mm-hmm. so I think that would go. This is kind of sweet or citrus, like, and then uh, like a like a Hawaiian pizza would go. Oh well with this. yeah, the, the Maui Sally. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. <laughs> or like stir fry. I think stir fry would go unbelievably well with this. Yeah, so basically... Man, I got some, like, weird pairing ideas lately. Anything... I just, so, so non-American. Non-American. Not continental cuisines out the window. Jordan's thinking Oriental. Weird... Okay. <laughs> Here's kind of a weird question, then. 
What beer would pair well with Italian food? Oh, it's going to have to be like an Oktoberfest or something. No. What? Uh, okay, it's fine. Like a really malty sweet beer going with like a, you know, I'm thinking like lasagna or something. Lasagna I mean, in Oktoberfest. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a better, I don't know that it pairs with hot take. Italian food and beer don't go together. Yeah, they do. We think what beer's for everyone except beer's not for Italians. Hot take. Italian Pilsner. There's one at uh, no. Fuck it. Right Pilsner. Now it's, it's like an Pilsner, Pilsner goes. Pilsner's like the tofu of beer. It goes with everything. Yeah. Okay. No. Name like a royal beer. <laughs> well, like I'm, okay. Sierra Nevada goes well with what? Which, which Sierra Nevada? Pale ale. Well, no. It's not gonna. Well, it'll go well with a salad. Um, you can do it with. Um, if you, do, if you do a series about a pale ale with a really okay, fine. garlicky mozzarella pa- sauce. Pear, pear fettuccine Alfredo mm-hmm. with a beer. Yeah, pale ale. Pale ale. That's what I was just saying. Like some sort of white sauce, a little garlic, a little bit of thyme and rosemary. You're good to go. And pale ale. You know, that's not bad. I don't yeah, think it's I ideal. I can cook too, Jordan. I don't All think right? it's, I I you can can't cook. cook. Now, you're probably the better cook between the two of us. <laughs> Who's better at... I'm better at pairing. Yeah, sure. you can be better <laughs> But you're definitely the better cook. Um, I'm just the brain and the joy. I'm not the hands that do everything. Um, so my favorite... When you said Italian, my favorite Italian food is either spaghetti and meatballs. Like, I'm thinking a meaty tomato sauce. Or like a, a meaty... Red a ale. red ale. Which is Sierra Nevada. Pale ale, right? It's almost a red ale. Or... It's not almost a red ale, but Amber. Fine. Uh, Dale and Amber from Track 7 would go well. Which then you're getting into the territory oh, why so like said, Amber of Track 7 would go well with, like, ravioli. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I think, like, Interesting. a, really, yeah, that's a cool. really meaty lasagna tomato sauce. Mm. Wouldn't that go well with an Oktoberfest beer? Like a really sweet, malty beer. Because you eat garlic bread. I would rather have that with... I'd have I'd rather have meaty lasagna uh-huh. with Sam Adams Boston Lager. Oh yeah, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. No, no, it's close. It's, it's close. I'm just nuancing, a little bit lighter. Yeah. I'm nuancing the claim yeah. here because the the Oktoberfest is gonna be a little heavier mm-hmm. and lasagna is heavy. I'm trying to help our stomach. Yeah, that's okay. You've made your point, but I do think, <laughs> which is cool. I do think it's kind of cool to unpack this. Um, I also think Oktoberfest beers go well with everything. It's my favorite I mean, kind of. Oktoberfest is one of my favorite styles. I definitely agree. But I do think it's very clear that wine goes... Oh, Hef. Hef would go really well with fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, yeah. Um, almost everything, yeah. But Hef has enough nuance to where it's like it's more than a Pilsner. Mm. More than a blonde. Beeline would go well with a lot of Italian food. I mean, it could. Yeah. I don't know. Beeline to me goes with like a barbecue burger or a barbecue whatever. It does that too, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what it does to me. Like the honey just kind of makes me think like, or like kebabs, you know? Like ah, there you go. Well, spoiler alert: the uh, Korean barbecue place I want to take you to doesn't have any of the of these beers. <laughs> They're pretty traditional, so uh, mostly lagers. Straight Use lovers. okay. Well, we're just gonna keep playing this game because I think this is a fun game while we're finishing our uh, <laughs> our blood transfusion. Um, use non-Mexican uh, beers and non-Mexican lagers to pair enchiladas, chicken, 
Green sauce enchiladas. Oh, these are actually my favorite, even though I despise most green salsas. I like green sauce enchiladas. Yeah, I, I will never eat your mother's cooking again, because the last time I had them, I got sick. Enchiladas? No, barbecue chicken. Oh, barbecue chicken. You're that right. was barbecue chicken. No, the enchiladas were fantastic. But um, green sauce enchiladas, and I can't use any Mexican beers. Correct. Because Pacifico was one of the ones I would say would go well. Really yeah, kind of bland, I know. Mid-range. I'm so, trying to put more hurdles on the road for you because you've been doing so well. So then I would say, can I pick anything else? Non-Mexican beer. Mm-hmm. So non-Mexican brand. Not made in Mexico. And non-Mexican lagers. So non-Mexican lagers, which those are similar to Oktoberfest styles. So... So we're talking about Oktoberfest. Okay, even if you want to pick Oktoberfest styles, it does not go with green sauce chicken. No, I'm just saying, but that's Mexican lager is very similar to Oktoberfest. I mean, style pick, beer. pick so what style you want, and I'll tell you if the judges accept it or not. Okay, <clears throat> green sauce. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Um, I'm thinking probably gummy worms pale ale. Whoa, that's a weird play. Uh, it works, I guess. <laughs> it's not too bitter. It's very, it's very easy drinkable. Um, it's hoppy, but it's not too hoppy. What about so, Bill and I'm yours? I wouldn't pair those together. I, I so think my, there's a weird case to be my, made that it works. You could do it. It's, that's what I was What saying, about blood transfusion? Because there is a spice uh, there. There's a spice there, and it's light. It depends on how hungry I was. So here's here's my... You just jumped into one of my the things. The citrusy part of the green salsa would mm-hmm. kind of pair with the citrusy of the blood transfusion. It would, but here's here's what you're you're stepping on right now. You're stepping in it. This is my pile, all right? You ready? Okay. I'm stepping in Chris's pile, everyone. It's the stinky part about me drinking beer. That's what I'm saying. So, I'm a snob to where I would want, if I was getting this blood transfusion or Mel I'm yours, I would almost want something that wouldn't, it would be kind of more laid back. Or I'd have these beers on their own. So, for a lot of the beers that we drank... So I told you some beers are meant to be had by themselves. Yes, there's, there's. I just would prefer to have both of these two beers now, just on their own. And now here's the interesting thing about pairings hmm. is there's two schools of thought with pairings. So like, so like, uh, watermelon and yours kind of captures the idea of about a pairing. It's salty and it's sweet, right? So like, uh, if you're gonna have a sweet beer, have something that's salty. If you're gonna have like, um, like. If you're going to have, like, charcuterie is kind of, like, my go-to with this mm. kind of idea. Because if you're yeah. going to have, like, um, like what goes well with chicken, like, lighter fruits, like, you could do, like, apple and chicken or mm. light. You know, like, same thing kind of yeah. goes with beer. So, like, do you want to pick opposites or do you want to pick something that is aligned? So, like, the Nutella cheesecake plus the dark ailment pairing, those are very aligned. Definitely. Versus if you want to do... Um, the Beeline Blonde Ale and a rack of ribs. Ooh, yeah. You know, like it's kind of opposite. It's it's they well it's it's less aligned and more complementary. So is it beef or pork? I don't think it necessarily matters. You can make a case that it does, but beef is a little bit darker, a little bit heavier sometimes. Sure. So beef ribs are way more expensive than being honest. They are. So you're probably not doing beef. Well, beef beef ribs are the massive ribs. Okay, Most yeah. ribs are pork ribs. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about doing a, a contrast or a, a light to dark or something. Yeah. So so like, 
maybe it, it'll go well with both, but it might pair better with pork ribs if you're going for more of a similarity, if you're going for more of a contrast. I, I typically look beef, for a little but, bit more overlap. Okay. Now, I think, like, if you were going to do melon, I'm yours, and, like, a watermelon feta salad. That's a little too much watermelon to me. Yeah. But, um, like, that's why I say pasta salad. Pasta salad has that, like, inherently, like, citrusy thing going for it, hmm. usually. Um, or at least I think the watermelon could enhance, you know, like, if you think could. about, like, yeah. pasta salad with a little bit of watermelon in it mm-hmm. could yeah, could enhance it. Yeah. Um, so, like, instead of adding watermelon to that, having a beer that had the watermelon, <clears throat> you know, like, that kind of thing. Definitely. Um interesting thing yeah um confessions of a beer nerd every time i see those three course beer dinners where they do guided tastings with multiple courses and multiple beers i know you're not super high on those but like gosh i am dang man that like looks like so much fun to me yeah that looks like a lot of fun i just don't like going by myself um, because I don't know anyone else besides you. Calling out on the podcast, I offered to do that for him for Christmas and for his birthday one year, and what? both times he said, "No, nah, that's not really my thing." I said, "I would rather probably just drink beer with you." Um, no, no, you're like, "No, man, I'm just not into those." And I was like, well, "Oh, no, okay. I am." How long ago was that? A year and a half ago. All right, a while ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've, I've been looking at those. They look like a lot of fun. They look like a ton of fun. Like, yeah. especially the ones that, like, the other side, like, the other, the where we just went, that's the Track 7 restaurant, uh-huh. where they do, like, a three-course meal and, like, guided tastings of their beer and how it pairs with the food. Like, mm-hmm. shoot, man. Like, that's... So, here's the problem, though. Uh, this is another thing that we could do together, but we run into a situation, like, when we wanted to go see... I forget what movie it was. <laughs> it came out on Valentine's Day, so we, we actually decided to wait until the day after... Let's go see the movie together. Go to a guided tasting paired dinner together. Together, looks like we're whatever. I'll make okay. sure it's not on like some holiday or something. Uh, it's fine. You're fine. My my family will disown me, sir. I don't. <laughs> I can't handle that. So I'm not gonna disown you. I'm part of the family. They're gonna know. It's not like you went mm. with like if you went with one of the formula guys, they'd be like, oh nope, he's got a boyfriend. Uh, well, they're like, oh no, him know. and Jordan are weirdos. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. We. We frequently, well, not anymore because it's kind of shut down for now, but we do the two for uh, special, the, the dinner for two, watch a movie. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. We don't care. Where's Logan at? Logan would rather pay more money. We don't even care. Yep, that was actually really funny. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Chris would not take me out on Valentine's Day and do the dinner for nope, two. He said, specifically waited till February 15th. Let's wait a day. That's fine. <laughs> hey, it's best not to rush things, right, ladies? No, don't don't bring no. the ladies in. No, he's just uncomfortable in his friendships. He's ashamed uh, of me. Yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed of him. <laughs> that's right. I should have done it on the 13th, but that's also a women's mm. women's homegirl day. Whatever they call it now. Galentine's Day. Yeah. When's Manatine's Day? They don't have one. That's yes, they what I'm do. Saying. Do they really? Yes. Is it the 15th? I don't know. It's probably the 15th. I know people so, who celebrate it. So I probably took you out on Valentine's uh, Day. Whatever. All of them are overrated, except for Valentine's Day. He's saying that because I didn't get him a card this year. Um, <laughs> well played. It's not what I meant, but also well played. <laughs> All right, we're coming down to the end of our blood transfusion pints. I've noticed something interesting over the course of this pint. I want to ask you if you've noticed something Okay, go ahead. Taste it. 
I mean, other than the 75% of the pint that I've... I'm almost done with mine. Uh, me and, too. And it, it tastes different from how it tasted when we first poured it. <laughs> Bring your cup over here, sir. We're not done yet. Oh. I forgot to re-pour. There we go. Okay. I'll give you a little more. So, we're not quite done, but the thing I was <laughs> Now we're back to a third of the glass. <laughs> we're back to ten minutes We're just go. good, because... <laughs> That's fine, because you have your conversation, and I'm going to get to the conversation I want to get to, but keep going. Okay, me first. So, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that this beer got a little bit less bitey, a little bit more drinkable, like that that hot bitter. I think your palate adjusted. You think so? Because coming off that watermelon, that was a jump. That was quite a jump. Yeah, I think your palate adjusted. All right. Took three quarters of a pint. Um, But, yeah. And then off the air, what are we drinking? Mm. Firestone... We can drink it on the air if you want, but it's there was a firework in my backyard just now. Very nice, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> Bonsai. But Whoa. no, I don't want to that's track seven spotlight. I'm just I'm asking because there is an interesting palette topic to be had depending on what what was it again? It is a uh, one of their Napa Saison wine barrel age. Which is a um, malt forward beer. Yeah. Which does have the potential to relax your palate after this, because mm-hmm. blood transfusion definitely will tense your palate up. Yes, I and feel then, tense. So going from light uh, to dark sort of aids in that. Uh, if you start with a blonde, you're warming up your palate, and it's relaxing because it's mm-hmm. a malt forward style. And then sours, the tartness will sort of tense up your palate, and then so will an IPA. Mm-hmm. And then a stout, if it's a malty... More of a traditional stout will relax your palate, unless it's a bourbon barrel aged. Oh, those are heavy. Heavy, and then it really challenges your palate, and your palate's pretty toast after that flight. Totally fine, but for people to think about, like, what what your palate's doing. um, And it makes a difference. I think you and I both experienced this just between three beers, uh, going from a melon, uh, watermelon, salt kettle goes a stout sour into a very fresh blood orange IPA. I think, though, the way it's we did huge... it, this is the most mild we would have tasted it. In comparison. Oh, for sure. Had we just jumped into blood transfusion, it would have been like, whoa. Yeah. And then had we gone beeline to blood transfusion, it would have been at least, I think, about half a step above what we did. I do think uh-huh. that um, we've minimized the shock value, but because I yeah. really do think this is a fresher batch. It has to be. It's it's really it tastes really green. Yeah, it's pretty great. I'm sorry. What were you really gonna get into though? Oh, well, between the flashes in your backyard and uh, this talk, I don't really remember. But I just maybe you're touching on it is is talking about how much better this beer is the the farther down my pint that I get. I think your palate's more adjusted. Which is something that we. I don't know if you talk about your friends or talk about this with your friends or not when you're, you're beer tasting, but if I take someone out, like, like my friend Matt we talked about, who would get a flight and would just randomly taste the beers through, and I would like cringe, like no man, you gotta you gotta drink them in a specific order, and <laughs> so that you don't mess up your palate, so you can taste all the beers fully and you don't you know, and then yeah, he called me a nerd. <laughs> I'm like it's like stresses me out watching, but like 
They're like, I'm going to stout. They're an IPA. And mm-hmm. then they do a blonde. And they go back to a stout. You're like, like you're I... not tasting anything. Ooh. You're just, you're just, basically, you're letting each beer slap you in the face one time. And then you move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> you're not really doing much. And so he's he gets it now. He's, he's good. But, like, it gives me anxiety about this. Like, when I watch people drink beer like that. Because the, the order, the transitions are so significant. Yeah. It's important. It's very important. Your experience. Same with wine tasting. Same with whatever. That's why they give you Whether more you than, like, choose to acknowledge it or not, listeners, some of you are going to go, oh, I don't think so. I don't really care. It mm. doesn't make it, – it doesn't mean it doesn't make a huge difference. Um, so <clears throat> people that I've tried to explain this to with the uh, order of operations, if you want to call it, or the progression of the palate. Oh, I could, oh uh, both of those. Great. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, school's doing well. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'm getting something out of it. But Two good ideas in one <laughs> sentence. Two birds meet one stone. There we go. Sweet. So I've had these same people that don't believe me about the palate and the, the arrangement of the beers. Uh-huh. All I do is I just pour them uh, a beer that's poured properly in a cup that they'll be able to taste everything, like an open mouth cup. Uh huh. And that is enough to change their mind, and then they start believing me. I'm like, yes, okay. Here's a beer that you already like, but you've never poured right. And so now you have a correct <laughs> pour on a beer that you already knew you liked, and it tastes so much better. And now, so how much more do you believe me? me that when you put them in the right order, that they also will taste better? You know? Ah, uh, man, that's like. Yeah, I've, I've done that with people before. That, that's kind of like, okay, so we talked about beer. talked about a couple things in this podcast. I really like that you and I, this is one of our first breweries we went to. It was Track 7. It was the second brewery the second, we ever went to. Yep, on our beer journey. Well, and I think technically it was your third or fourth because you'd already been to Lost Coast. You'd already been to Sierra Nevada. But, when we, but not as a beer. When we really fact. both decided yeah. to go, like American River was the first Track 7 was the second, because at that point in time, Red Robin had put a handful of craft beer handles on draft, mm-hmm. and we wanted to go and say, hey, what is it like to go to the brewery? Yeah. Is it really that different? At and the it source. was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very different. Very better. Very much better. Very much better. Very much gooder. So, this <clears throat> adventure, this, this is kind of like one of the first parts, one of the first places we went to, but... Beer has also helped me. So you said it's like a lens. It's like it gives you pairing options. Uh, for me, drinking like the higher uh, levels of IPAs and darker stouts has opened up my palate to taste like other things. Food smells are different now. Like mm-hmm. my palate's just more sensitive. But also, drinking beer with you, drinking beer with my friends, uh, I've gotten to know people better. <clears throat> so it's kind of like a lens. It's provided a lens not only to experience life more, taste food better to smell things better but to get to know people better and it's also its own path of exploration and its own reward drinking new beers it's so true. it's been kind of cool and this is that's you know you came back to california after party your big adventure it wasn't supposed to be over yet but <clears throat> looks like you're back for the summer so yeah this, this is kind of like you're welcome back man this is back <clears throat> to your roots kind yeah of thing. So. i uh for our listeners you know i study music at ou and while I definitely look forward to coming home, I am disappointed that coming home happened about two and a half months earlier. Well, about two months earlier than 
I had anticipated there were some objectives I had left in my semester that were dependent on living in Oklahoma. And while I can certainly salvage about 80% of those objectives, those the last 20% was important for me. And uh, I've really had to grieve it in the last about two weeks. It's actually been really tricky for me. Um, to sort of come to terms with it. And I know on the surface, considering a global pandemic, it's so shallow, but there's some things you just can't help. You know, mm-hmm. like it just like, I feel how I feel. <clears throat> and while in the context of what's happening globally, it's certainly like not important. Um, they are things I wanted to get done before the end of the semester and those are things that I can't do and it doesn't necessarily matter in the large scale of things but it did matter to me so it's a little bit tricky um but I will say when we talk about um I I thought of this idea that might be kind of cool to talk about um we've talked about drinking through this whole pint and I think um we talk about what kind of experience do you want and really when you said, oh, yeah, people want to drink two or three pints of a beer and just be done. They want to find a beer they like and just call it good. Yeah, just the, that same beer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so um, I do think there is something to be said for that. But I do think that kind of drinking experience sort of illuminates an opportunity. So if you are that beer drinker and you don't like to bounce around as much as Chris and I do – or if you don't like as many styles, I'm just going to sort of give mm-hmm. you like an analogy. Like Chris and I will do half pours or flights to maximize the number of styles that we can try. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, yeah. like like a pint mm-hmm. to us is a lot of beer. So like for our listeners, yeah. like these brewery spotlights, when we're talking about killing three pints, I'm like, boy. Three that's, the same, it's a whole pint of the same beer. A whole like, yeah, you know, like, we're used boy. To four to six. Like, Ooh, four to six half pints. No, and, I'm saying like four to six ounces of each beer. And like, uh, sure, like, yeah, like man. we're like, oh, three pints, man. That's that's a lot of each beer. Like we have to be yeah. really strategic about what we're choosing because if we choose three beers that are over nine percent, we're gonna have a long night. Yeah, and I do think though that I'm gonna I'm gonna equate it to dating. Hmm. If you will. Okay. You and I, as far as beer drinkers, we're the single and ready to mingle kind of type. Oh, the green lights. Where we're like, oh, you're single, let's talk. Oh, you're single, let's talk. Oh, you're Mm -hmm. single, let's talk. And we mean it harmlessly. We're not trying to be players. We're not trying to lead anybody on. Mm -hmm. But like, as far as beer drinking goes, we're going to try as many kinds as we can. We're just the green light boys. Um, Versus drinking a whole pint of something is in fact its own experience so like the example i'm going to use is one of your favorite examples mm. it's like especially with those really heavy duty bourbon barrel aged stouts oh yeah well, over the course of an hour if you drink best, you, if you drink those things more than 45 minutes or less than 45 minutes you're not drinking the beer and you're probably having a bad time i mean That's, even you get messed up even splitting a tall bottle 
You okay. and I will spend an hour drinking oh, through. easily. But because we know the rewards of an hour. Of an hour. Low and slow. Mm-hmm. Right? Slow and steady wins that race. Uh-huh. Hear that, girls? Um, slow and steady mm-hmm. over the course of an hour. You hear and, that, ladies? And, <laughs> and... Nice. And it really sort of like... It's like you had, especially with the context of those bourbon barrel aged stouts, because I don't think you should take an hour to drink an IPA. But no. But you know, a tall bottles, twenty two ounces. We take 11, 11 ounces and we spread it over an hour. Really, mm-hmm. it's almost like we had four or five different beers, and really we didn't. Mm-hmm. But really, we got to know each individual flavor of those beers, right? Yeah, and let, allowing it to warm it. up allowed yeah. it to. To ex- exfoliate yeah. various flavors and its texture. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you, like, what? drinking a whole pint of blood transfusion, though, you kind of, we kind of spoke to it, like, your palate relaxed. Now, like, the bitterness of the hops weren't as prominent, the mm-hmm. sweetness of the hops became more prominent. So the beer didn't argue, become less bitter. No, you can argue that as it got warmer, more of the orange and more of the floral aspects or the free aspects of the hops came to the foreground right okay i'm gonna let you have that on a technicality but i also think there is something to be said for your palate was acclimated it was i'm just saying like you could also we're talking about beer temperature over time it was very possible that we took as much time to drink this pint as it took for this beer to change a little bit when it warmed up that's a fair point um i do think that is actually incredibly important Um, so all beer does change some beer unfavorably yeah Right? Sure. Usually IPAs, I, you don't like them And warm. there's with the time duration, because yeah. if we waited an extra 30 minutes, mine would just be warm and gross, and yeah. it just wouldn't, it would lose a lot of the characteristics that really define the style. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said for, like, you change as a drinker, and the beer changes as a drinker with oh, that yeah. experience, and a whole pint allows for that. Now, yeah. you and I kind of touch on that, though, within flight choice. We do like to kind of account, like, I feel like... Really what we're speaking to when we talk about like choosing a flight is sort of accounting for how we know our palates shift. Oh, yeah. And so we can maximize our drinking experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want like – so like people don't want to do flights because you just want to find a beer you like because you like just drinking a pint of a beer with food. Mm-hmm. I do want to encourage people at least because I don't think we've done a good enough job of that because I do think like – You've kind of spoken to it, and we both think this way. Beer is just such a fun and rewarding social experience. Oh, yeah. You know, like, hey, you had a bad... Like, man, let's just go grab a beer. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you had a bad day. Let's yeah. just go grab a beer. Let's just talk about life. Mm-hmm. Which is really how you and I have gotten through a lot of things. It's just, mm-hmm. let's split a four-pack, which mm-hmm. is two pints. Some no Taco big, Bell. Some Taco Bell. <laughs> and let's yep. talk about our goals and why they're not going well. Is what we've yeah. done, like, at least once or twice a week for the most part for years. Yep. And so I want to encourage our pint drinkers because we used to be those people, like, we used to be the people who were like, you want a pint or you want a tall? Like, tall. No questions asked. We want a tall one. 22 ounce. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, I don't, want a tw- I don't want more than a pint of yeah. anything. Can you get a half for it? Yeah. Just <laughs> smaller. Is like, like sure, this is Chili's. You can have a pint. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, like, that's... No, I actually I ask it when we go to places that we haven't been before. I ask them if they do half course, because of that. Um, like, which because you and I just like to try lots of different kinds of beer, mm-hmm. and um, I do want to encourage because I do think beers for everyone, 
And I do think it's such a great social outlet, just and that's totally rooted in personal experience uh, and personal bias. But I do want to encourage our pint listeners to find something to explore because I do think beer just kind of it's if you just want to drink beer and whatever, fine. But you're probably listening to this podcast because you're interested in learning about beer. Like, yeah, pay attention to kind of what your initial impressions are of the beer. Like, even if you do a first sip and last sip kind of comparison, like what did I feel in the first sip and what did I feel in the second sip? You've at least established what the journey was. Maybe you didn't pay mm-hmm. attention to the whole journey. Maybe you just had a good time. Mm-hmm. But you at least bookended that good time with what I think would be a very meaningful experience yeah. of this is the first sip. Hey, man, this this blood transfusion, you're right, was super abrasive. You know, And I'm coming down mm-hmm. to the last sip. And it's, it's gotten better. super nuanced. It's not yeah. really that abrasive. Like It's almost like me and this beer, we've had it. Me and the Spear have had a conversation and gotten to know each other. And we've come yeah. to some kind of understanding. Well, that's what I was trying to say when I got to the bottom of mine. I'm like, this beer tastes different. Whatever's going on, whether it's temperature, my palate, uh, the beer being oxidized, something happens over the you course of half an hour. You poured this one pretty hard for both of us. Okay. So, so maybe I think helps. a lot of the aroma sort of unlocked as it was mm, going. Okay. And I do think it's it warmed up a little bit, which does affect it, but it didn't warm up a ton. Not like mine's still cold. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you can still <clears throat> taste what used to be really abrasive is now like sort of like a comforting quality about the beer. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. I think saying. maybe right. this is kind of bold, but for you and I, like getting to know beer is kind of like getting to know people. You know, like what kind of turned you off about the person mm-hmm. at first is yep. sort of like actually it's kind of endearing. I know they're kind of irritating at first, mm-hmm. but like it could be, yeah. Depends on the beer. You can see that. Depends on the person, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's because we look for the complexity. It's a little bit more than just a face value. Uh, I was just going to ask you actually. To, I don't know if it's too early or if you want to wrap up or you want to keep talking, but I was going to ask you about, we're talking about complexity. This blood orange has a lot of character. Yes. Even though we initially both said it was pretty green, fresh. Okay. um, By the time we got to the bottom of my pint, you're kind of the same boat. It has a lot of character. I really, I like it. I would drink this. Um, the first also... third of the pint was a little like, oh boy. Woo. Yeah. And then the last, the back, like the middle third, it started to like, we started to come to understand. This last mm-hmm. third has it's been rather nice. pleasant. Yeah. It's really nice. So, <clears throat> as, as far as that, could you take this blood orange, uh, the transfusion, and say that this is their, would you put this as like one of their, their defining... IPA brewing abilities like would you would you no. judge them on their IPAs based on this beer? No. Ooh. See this is what I'm talking about. The same with the beeline. So with their lagers or their their blonde ales or their lighter beers, would you yes. judge them? Yes. Same for the watermelon. Would yes. you judge their sours? So then when so, it comes yes, to blood orange. Yes, but kind of like within the context of what they're doing. Yes. If someone was to say what beer should I try like. Okay, like if someone's gonna say, "Hey, if I want to try a multi beer from Track Seven, Beeline," like mm-hmm. no, like yep. Beeline, mm-hmm. and currently, like, "Hey, if I want to try a sour, like I would probably tell them to try Chasing Rainbows." Oh yeah. But a smell and I'm yours is good too. I'd I'd tell oh, them both. I'm just saying, like, if if you'd never had Track Seven before, and someone hands you Beeline, you say, "Oh, they can make a multi beer." 
Yep. If they hand you melon on mirrors, oh, that can make sours. Yep. And then if they hand you this blood transfusion, you'd never had one of their IPAs before, how would you feel about their IPA game? Oh, that's, that's a different question. Okay. Yeah, that's my question. So this is your first IPA you've ever had from Track 7. How do you feel? Because this is this kind of an important uh, question to ask when you talk about then have my spotlight. attention. So this is a spotlight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We pick different styles on purpose. Like Beeline, like sold. Yeah. Melanie yours, sold. Blood transfusion, you have my attention. I want to try more. Okay, so you still want to try more. You give them another chance. Yes. It's not shut down. That's what I'm saying. This is really good. This is a good blood orange. Low it's 80s, I think. Like, good yeah. enough to where I'm like, okay. It's better than like, most other IPAs that we've tried from other places. I don't think so. it's like a stereotypical basic IPA where you were mm-hmm. like, oh, we're just putting on IPAs. I do think it's – I do think, though, it's – that your question's a little bit tricky because I do think that Track 7 has been very strategic in how they choose their IPAs. So this mm-hmm. blood transfusion fills out the board because they have Panic, single IPA, left eye right eye, double IPA, left eye right eye, Eldorado, dry hopped, right? So a variation mm-hmm. of that. Left eye, right eye, left eye. They have a couple, the hazy panic, mm-hmm. and then they have this. A so fruited I, IPA. It fills a niche mm-hmm. for what they already do. So I do think, like, yeah, they'd have my attention, but also you're you're asking, you're trying to use a supplementary part of what Track Seven mm-hmm. does within the context of what a consumer might think is like a main part of what they do, which is totally valid. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, oh, I'm just saying in in the context of this podcast where we do brewery spotlight, we try to cover different styles and judge the breweries based on those. Styles. I think it's worth, I think uh, as far as IPAs it's, go, it's, it's one of the better IPAs that we've it's had. Solid, yeah. Even though I think our bias comes into play that we've had better IPAs from track seven. Yeah. But if someone hasn't had any track seven, they're like, dude, I really like one. Yeah. Good. It probably it's, good. it's a good IPA. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's all I meant. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. when we do spotlights, we, we just, I mean, three mile. We never had three mile before, so I tried to. When I went there, I tried to pick three completely different beers, so we get kind of a spread. Like, all right, can these guys make these kinds of beers? Which okay, he did a very good job of. So, I mean, they did a good job too. They made good beer. They're legit. They covered a spread. This one, we got a blonde. We got a sour. We got an IPA. That's a decent spread for most breweries. It, that's that's ground that's covered by most places. So. I mean, it's a fair chance if you've never, like, if you want to follow along with our podcast and drink with us, you've never had Track 7, you're probably going to be sold after these three. I mean, so the, if you, even if you were to listen to this podcast in six months mm-hmm. and want to drink along and see what we're talking about, there's a good chance you could get Beeline and Blood Transfusion. The Melody yeah. is probably not. Nope, it's gone. But, but you could also get a different Track 7 sour and mm-hmm. substitute. I'm confident oh, there's you would taste something similar. So... Would you argue, as far as the IPAs from Track 7, how does this one stack up? Towards the staple IPAs, I'd say it's towards the bottom of the pack. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. It's but, only, but only because the staple IPAs that aren't this one are freaking fantastic. Oh, they're so good. Chris and I don't love Hazy Panic, even though it seems to be abundantly popular. And they didn't have Panic on draft mm-hmm. any, uh, uh, at this point. Um, left eye, right eye is my personal favorite, so there's a little bit of personal bias attached to that, and a lot of their small batch IPAs are fantastic, and again, this blood transfusion was to fill a niche to really talk about, um, with seasonal staples, Daylight Amber was on the board, 
And to be honest, if they had Panic, I would have opted to go Panic and Daylight Amber and then this Watermelon Goza as well to okay. sort of still check those boxes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like, Blood Transfusion wasn't picked necessarily because I thought it was the best thing Track 7 had to offer. I do think mm-hmm. it just it speaks to the, experience, the Track 7 experience of year-round staples, seasonal staples, small batches, all the time. No matter when yep. you go to Track 7, they always have a beer that you've had before. Mm-hmm. And for people who want to drink what they've had before, I think that's comforting. It's the comfort beer, yeah. And so, like, you and I talk about, like, when we try to go to breweries, it's so hard to find a brewery that satisfies everyone's needs. Yeah. The other side, if the other side had the Pizza Port Arcade, they would have done it. Yeah. They would have had the staples, they would have had the wine, they would have had the seasonals, they would have the small badges. You got craft soda. You have craft soda, you have wine, you got food, you, you got food. games for the uh, kids. Like, yeah. game over. Yeah. You know, like, and Urban Roots does a great job, but Urban Roots isn't established enough to have staples. Like, yeah. Pizza Port does, Pizza Port probably does it the best. We don't know Pizza Port well enough to know what their staples are. That's our issue, not uh. necessarily Pizza Port's. Um, but... I mean, all three of those are fantastic locations. Like, we just haven't found mm-hmm. the perfect brewery because we're being picky. And yeah. that's, that's part of the fun of what we do. Um, which I guess is kind of an interesting segue into grade the brewery. What? This for track seven? Track seven. Now, hmm. three mm-hmm. Malgan 85. Okay. I gave, I gave, um, we did field work. Field right. work a 95. Okay, so here's where the fun part comes in because we have to work against our personal bias and our experiences of these places. Okay. Uh, I would give Track 7 um, probably 85, 80, or 95, 97. Oh, I thought it was an 85. <laughs> Whoa. Like, you, we no longer do a no, podcast together. No, so that's the thing. Is Between it's, it's 95 and 97. But I wouldn't necessarily – it's kind of also what I was talking about a minute ago with this blood transfusion IPA being an example of an IPA that they make. I think this is the weak link on this this flight because I think the other IPAs that they had to offer, if you were to try one, are much better. So and, I do think – I do think – okay, I understand what you're saying with personal mm-hmm. bias. My grade for track 7 to 98 because I do think – That's what I'm saying. Based on your experience or based on just this flight right here? And this is why I do think, like, part of the brewery spotlight, and this is why we can do this this episode responsibly. <laughs> responsibly, yeah. Uh, is that we go and do flights mm-hmm. of the beer, and we pick three beers that give us good talking points. Okay. So, like, field work, yeah, we only did three beers. That 95 didn't come off of, hey... Oh, the three crowlers. Of the three crowlers, yeah, it okay. came so off of the of... twelve beers we tried at the beer at the brewery. Okay, yeah. So this is definitely ninety-seven then, ninety-eight. I mean, I was gonna give him a, a ninety-eight. My issue mm. with track seven are like very clear, like marketing issues. Like, okay, if left eye, right eye, left eye, right eye, left eye, like give me a left eye IPA then. You know, like yeah. let me try like from a marketing or standpoint, a, fill out your lines. A like, double panic. Double panic. Yeah, you know, something some, like that. Um. Even, like, if you compare them to New Glory, I think New Glory's killing them in the hazy game. Mm-hmm. Killing them in the hazy game. Or, like, when October comes around, killing them in the German lager game. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, Track 7 has its own, like, Track 7's killing New Glory and Sours. 
Yeah. Like, not even kind of close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, like, there's so much give and take, and you kind of have to prioritize and be reasonable because not every brewery can do it all. But I do think, like, the 98 to me sort of leaves room in the Sacramento scene, at least, because this is, like, a Sacramento brewery podcast, really. Mm-hmm. Like, Track 7 can have a 98. Like, yeah. I'm good with that. Like, um, that gives me room to give New Glory a higher grade because I do think pound for pound... New Glory is a higher, as a better brewery, mm-hmm. and probably would but, get a 99 on my podcast. I would, but I would say they're probably a 98, 98.1, maybe. There, there's still there's some things I wish New Glory would do differently, or things it would have. Um, I think Track know. Seven is the best jack of all trades brewery in the area. Oh yeah. And I think New Glory is more of a specialist brewery. Oh yeah. They. Uh, that's the thing is, if you want new beer, if you want something you've never tried before, New Glory. If you want something that maybe you've never tried before, but you also might do a flight with some stuff that you you love, your favorites, Track 7. I do think if you have a group of people, like if you have everything from the like the hardcore beer enthusiast to someone who drinks beer but goes for super mild stuff, oh, so you're Track talking about 7 the, is the place. Growler Gang is what you're talking about. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all cover the spread pretty well. Because <laughs> uh, track seven, to, track seven to uh. me, really does, from a beer perspective, cover everyone's needs. They really do, especially like when you throw in food. Well, not even that. Fantastic. Like I'm, oh, that's why I said from from a beer perspective. Just the beer, okay. From just the beer, I think track seven covers every single beer drinker's needs. Yep. Better than any brewery in Sacramento. Yep, I had to agree. Um, as far as like if you're like a beer enthusiast, who's the best brewery? Then I start to wonder. Like Track Seven to me isn't the best. To me, New Glory is the best. If you start talking about overall brewery experiences, start factoring in food. To me, Urban Roots then oh, starts to yeah. be the best. Their beer is just because their beer is great. They're throwing down and some the food beer, is fantastic. Oh, so good. Um, which also. To be transparent with our listeners, going to the other side and seeing, like, the food menu has inspired me to do two things. One, go to the other side, mm-hmm. enjoy some food, enjoy some beer. Like, I want to do a three-course meal and, like, plan out some things because I think that's really fun. Mm-hmm. At least to me, it's really fun. And also, I want to go to New Glory, the pizza, the new location with the pizza. Oh, and, yeah. Like, that that at, place is good. I like, think pizza is a good play because they do mostly IPAs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And pizza was good. I had pizza there. Um, but that's, I think so. Also, kind of throw in that they're open. They're doing takeout orders. You can call in and get food made and pick it up. And I think you, if you want to support them, that's great. Uh, the food's amazing. I have friends that have gone to the other side and told me the food's pretty incredible. So it's just we gotta wait and, and do our turn and go in there and taste the food. I mean, and they did so. have a to-go menu. It was limited compared to what they can normally do. I yeah. totally understand. There's no criticism. I do think like um, if you're listening and you're looking to take your significant other on a date, and you're both into beer, like the significant or uh, the other side has beer and wine and, and desserts has apparently desserts so, yeah. and has appetite. Like it's a cool spot to go. Like if you're looking to just burn money and have a good time. Um, I do. I couldn't recommend that more because I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to go do that. And then also, 
the south the south sack location always has a special place in my heart because little hole in the wall little yep. hole in the wall but it's it's cool it's cool the place to hang out um the Not- the notomus location's dope it's a little bit big i don't like breweries when they get that big necessarily but uh, it's good for big events it's good for big events yeah. and then even like there's more for kids to do so if that's your scene i think like even in their locations track seven has found a way to offer something for everyone yeah and it's definitely uh that's why they're my favorite is I think there's so much more like there's so much more malleable in their experience than any other brewery that I've been to like period and they're not like they're not my favorite brewery of all time like um at best they're my third favorite brewery of all time mm-hmm. you know like uh kilowatt and surly are uh, my top two yeah surly forgot about them um which well, is like what knee deep should be, by the way. Screw yeah. you, knee deep. I'm mad at you. Yeah. Um, hurt feelings. Past lover. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe we do need to go do like a knee deep brewery spotlight. Maybe we I'm need down. to. Maybe people, we need to be mad about beer. Yeah. Maybe you know we do love on a lot of breweries. <laughs> let's let's have a brewery spotlight for bad beer. Where we hate on people. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think positivity is cool, but also like, I think we're pretty transparent about our feelings about Nadeep and and Moonraker's uh, attitude for not distributing beer oh, or weird so releases or like blood boil. Not, not putting the labels under cans in the beer. Like, oh, maybe we can do a Moonraker spotlight. We I mean, we've talked complain. about doing a Moxa spotlight. Oh yeah, um, we get to the sixth best in the world. Right? My name's Jordan Shippy, and last time I went to Moxa, I had a really amazing time. So. Well, top ten brewery experience of all time was the last time wow. I went to Moxa. It's pretty fantastic. They had a fest beer that was good. They had two sours that were good. They had two stouts that were good, and they had four IPAs that were fantastic. I was like, I, like, so damn it, Moon, like, ah, oh, that just, could be. Oh, you made it so good. <laughs> maybe that that spotlight's overdue then. Maybe that could be our next one. I know we've talked about it a lot. I've just like learned to hold our next ideas a little bit loosely because we've. Stay flexible. We stay flexible. Yeah. It's very, I mean, no one planned for a global pandemic, so there's that. Um, any closing thoughts for Track 7? Check them out. They're great. Uh, if you see them in the Raley's, buy it. If you have time, go to the restaurant or go to the brewery. Check them out. Just, just do it. Yeah. Well said. We're going to leave with that. Um, cheers, guys. Have a great night. We'll talk right. to you soon. Bye.